0: Good afternoon, everybody. I think my mic was open, but oh, there, we're here. Welcome in, everybody. Special Tuesday matinee show here of Hoopsville. Hope you're doing well. If you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us live on our simulcast on Facebook and YouTube, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Lots of ways you can interact with us. Certainly hope you will as we have a tremendous day here to talk about the men's championships and the women's semifinals. By the way, the door is closed for now. Pup is around. You never know when he might walk in the door as he does for a segment we have later in the show. Speaking of which, those we have later in the show coming up, we will talk to John Krikorian on the men's side of Christopher Newport, the champions of Division Three. Congratulations to the captains in one of the more bonkers and crazy finishes in Division Three men's basketball. We will get to that. In a bit on the women's side, we'll hear from both Julie Folks from Transylvania and Bill Broderick from Christopher Newport. They are both undefeated, both headed to the championship game as number one v number two. That game, of course, will be in Dallas in about ten days' time at the Division One Final Four for women's basketball, which has also been a little bit off the hook. Um, two number ones going down yesterday, for example. Uh, we will talk to both coaches coming up. Bill Broderick, we actually talked to earlier today. Uh, We will get a chance to hear from him. But let's rewind quickly. Also, should mention Pat Coleman coming up here momentarily. Gordon Mann will join us later to recap the women's side. But let's talk about the men's side. The championship weekend in general was tremendous, to say the least. It was exciting, it was back and forth. No lead was safe in Fort Wayne, large or small, uh, including in the final minute of the championship game, where no lead was safe, period. Um, It was probably one of the better championship weekends we've had amongst four teams, one of them not ranked, the other three in the top seven. Any one of them probably could have won the championship on any given day, the way things turned out. The Christopher Newport and Swarthmore semifinals was more of about what defense was going to hold supreme. And then in the Whitewater versus Mount Union off uh, semifinals, which offense was going to survive, including the way Mount Union started things. But we'll talk to Pat Coleman about that in a moment. Want to recap the championship. Here's how it sounded on CBS Sports and then how Pat and I called the same sequence that we give one more play that is not in our video from CBS and how it all played out. No
1: hesitation at all there. None. Captains do have a timeout. Will they use it? Barber with one second. Step through layup. It oh, oh, oh. goes. Oh. And the captains win the D3 title. One possession for a national championship. Hurley will bring it up. Guarded by John Hines. Crosses it up. Attacks Barber. Heads off the Parker. It's the layup. Tie ball game. 4.3 left. Brody, to Barber, to midcourt, two seconds, attacks the rim, throws it off, he hit it, it counts! National Championship! Captains. Christopher Newport, on a hell
2: Mary layup!
0: Uh, the only thing that didn't survive was my voice, as Pat Coleman now joins us on the Huddle Hoopsville hotline, uh, a little ugly there voice-wise, but Pat, Heck of a championship, to say the least. It was incredible to watch these two teams, well, I mean, really, the whole weekend, to watch all of the teams go back and forth. Uh, as I said in the beginning, no lead was really safe, and in that championship moment, no lead was safe either.
3: Dave, I think I still have goosebumps just thinking about it, frankly. What a uh, incredible finish to the men's basketball portion of our season. Um, and, uh, you know, I still get uh, goosebumps when I hear – Like, um, oh gosh, Um, this is Brian Foltis' buzzer beater from 2000 for Calvin in the semis against Franklin and Marshall or the uh, Calso shot with 0.2 seconds to go for, uh, um, gosh, for Stevens Point against Williams in 2004 or Tantan Belenga uh, with 2.1 to go against Wittenberg in 2006. Um, It is uh, one of those classic moments and... As time goes by, maybe one of maybe the most classic of moments, at least in the you know nineteen ninety eight plus era I have to go back and refamiliarize myself with like uh you know long shots at the buzzer by suny potsdam in a in a championship game at Augustana and that sort of thing but uh you know just a just a fantastic finish to a fantastic season of division three men's basketball
0: yeah, I mean absolutely terrific um uh... I don't think I've been – listen, every every championship weekend is fun. Every championship weekend has got great games, but I don't think every championship weekend had the storylines that all three of these games had. You had Christopher Newport and Swarthmore where both offenses got stymied by terrific defenses and terrific X's and O's between those coaches uh, and just kind of gutting things out. You then had the other semifinal with Whitewater and Mount Union. Mount Union – one for 18 from beyond the arc. They were down 14. They were stinking up the joint. For lack of a better description, Whitewater's in control before Mount Union somehow crawled back into that game and ends up winning. And then you had the title game where Christopher Newport was stinking up the joint in the first half and somehow got back to within three in that game. It started one for 16 from the floor overall. Like, it wasn't that anybody was playing bad. It was just that... One shots were hard to fall. We could, we could certainly dive into that maybe a little bit later on the causes for that. I don't think that was necessarily all defense. It certainly wasn't all offense, but it was just it, it was just at any moment something was going to happen in those games.
3: Yeah, Dave, and you talk about great storylines that happened during the game. I think about storylines that just leading up to the game as well, right? Uh, CNU Swarthmore that is a national semifinal rematch. Um, UW-Whitewater, we're talking about an unranked team going all the way to the Final Four. And then, of course, you've got your uh, your football fans with your uh, lovely one more uw whitewater Mount Union game. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then, of course, a national championship game that in and of itself probably doesn't need any storylines, no. but featured two teams, who one of whom was going to win the national championship for the first time, and that we had a whole extra day to kind of sit down and think about those things, too. Uh, gosh, just so many things... Uh, off the floor as well in this uh in this championship season here
0: yeah the day off certainly helped um i think it helped prepare everybody it helped get maybe a better game many thought that mount union uh if they play the next day might have been a little bit beat up from the game they played against whitewater uh they were willing to go uh pat miller was ready to go i don't think he wanted a day off they got one um Pat
3: Miller
0: again. got lots of days off, yes, yeah, yeah, um just I mean, and I know listen let's let's Mike talk about the elephant
3: wanted, is the one who wanted to play it again, but
0: yeah, yeah, um oh, yeah, I said Pat Miller, I apologize, yes, no, 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 um Fuel Line, uh, wanted to play um Pat Miller also wanted to play, but um, just for different reasons i, I let's get the elephant out of the room. there's a lot of uh, fans who who want to point to the end. Talk about a couple of sequences there that that maybe a foul wasn't called on the Parker basket that put Mount Union up one, and on the Barber basket that won it. I've gone back and watched more video than I need to. Um, I don't I don't think there's a foul at all on the Parker basket. I think a guy swings and misses them, and then everybody pivots to look at a, at a at a rebound, and that's when bodies start crashing and you're going for a loose ball. That doesn't happen. It's a it's a made basket. And on the other end, yeah, there was contact between Barber and Parker, but that was contact that was happening all game long. Uh, they weren't calling it unless it was egregious. And I don't think in that moment it was egregious necessarily. And I think in the grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm okay with that, that's how it finished.
3: Yeah, you know, Dave, I spent uh, an extra four and a half hours in the airport at Fort Wayne. Yes, boarding and or early <laughs> afternoon. And had an opportunity to talk with uh, a couple of coaches who were on the flight, a couple of game officials who were on the flight. You know, people who call... Games and plays exactly like this all the time. Uh, people who had already looked at this play and felt, you know, basically, if Parker had, and then I am talking on the last play of the game, if yes, Parker had yes. stepped in and for, and tried to draw the charge, then they would have forced the officials to make a call. Good point. I think if you look, I think if you look, Dave, you know, you've got, um, you've got Barber. Yes, there's the the uh, the elbow is out, right. But Parker doesn't react until a couple more steps later. So is he, you know, is that just because it, is it because it takes an extra minute or an extra step or two for him to fully lose his balance? Does he intentionally lose his balance to try to draw the foul? Um, I'm not sure uh, which of those things is true, but either way, I think that was what, you know, the people again who were there who had been in stripes at this championship weekend, um, that was their interpretation. We looked at, the broadcast video we looked at the video that we shot and put on youtube and i feel i feel like that's a legitimate ending to the game so well i don't i don't know if it will ever be put to rest for people you know based in and around alliance ohio but i think i didn't really hear anybody who wasn't uh wearing purple basically uh really complaining about that call
0: Great points, and that you bring up there about that sequence too. If he just stands and takes Barber's full force, that's probably a charge. You're right; he's not. He's going with him, and it kind of deflates essentially the moment.
3: Yeah, um, he never stops backpedaling.
0: Yeah. Right. That's a great point. I hadn't considered. It. I also thought initially the arm was just to protect himself when he made contact with Parker. I do realize the hand came out, but again, as you said, Parker was kind of retreating anyway. Um, and, and listen. It, Jim Haney came up to us after the game, thrilled at it. I thought the officials handed it well. Um, listen, we could talk about the semifinal between Whitewater and Mount Union about officiating. I thought overall it's still officiating was great all weekend, um, consistent for the most part. Uh, this is what we've wanted in Division Three. So to have it end and have you have comments from others that said it was uh, okay in their minds. Listen, I'm fine with it. And, and I thought Ryan Scott had a great tweet. He's like, listen, you if you're going to keep – kind of dwelling on the what-if. If you're going to keep dwelling on the maybe, you're not going to appreciate just how incredible that season was, not only for Mount Union, but obviously for Mount Union in this conversation, but overall in Division Three. But Mount Union had a tremendous season, and a warning to everybody, they're going to repack that, they're going to put a little bow on top of it, and they're going to deliver it into next season as if, hey, we've got a gift for you, we're back.
3: And, you know, they're not satisfied, right? No.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, it's going to yeah, have absolutely. a little
0: edge of bitter into it, it too, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously but a, a fantastic season for either of these programs. I mean, Dave, not just, you know, that either of them was playing for – to win a championship for the first time. They were both playing in the final for the first time, right? Mount Union was in the final right. four for the first time. Not so for Christopher Newport, but just, you know, in a lot of cases, these are both programs who this season – achieved something that they had never achieved previously. And that's something to hang your head on for sure. And something to take out and recruit with. And yeah. also something to maybe late some evening with an Italian beer or something, just sit there and enjoy.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. Um, and listen for anybody keeping tabs. We will be talking extensively about the women's side of things in the second hour of this show. We're, we're focused primarily on the men's side of here. I think another testament, Pat, to the to the fact that we had a tremendous final weekend was how difficult all, all America selections were and and making all those choices. And and it goes back to the what we've been saying since what we since day one of what we expected, and that was we were going to have a great, great season. The parity in Division Three has allowed a lot of teams to be successful. We are seeing transfer portal opportunities in Division Three, rightly or wrongly, that have bolstered some teams and made more teams better. Let's, let's emphasize that. It hasn't gone to a select few. It is a lot of teams that can be improved and can be improved quickly, John Carroll, Case Western Reserve being a couple of those. Uh, but more importantly, there are such good talent in Division Three now, and it's spread across the board in every conference, in, in in every part of the division, that, of course, we had a great Final Four because we had a great tournament and we had a great season.
3: I think we talked so many times this season about the difficulty of filling out a ballot below, for the top 25 below, you know, the first top X, whatever number of people, because... <laughs> Depending on know, the week. Was, right, right. Was it 10 to 25 or 15 to 25 or 11 to 25? Could very well have been, you know... Forty to fifty teams you're trying to fit in those 15 spots or so. Um, Dave, I would say this too. You know, think of it this way. You know, we had so many guys that we were trying to fit onto our twenty-five team in the first place. And we had a bunch of guys transfer up, right? Yeah. We had a bunch of guys take grad years at different levels, at scholarship yeah. levels of division three, who very well could have been all America candidates if they had stayed at the D three level. Yep. Imagine how difficult that would have been. Um the, the people that we uh that we heard about you know man the cut line between the guys who were on the fifth team oh. and the people who just missed is so is so slight um Dave I can't remember how many people we actually talked about in depth but beyond even that handful there's another like four more teams probably Oh, easily. maybe even more yeah. like and uh, and Ryan Scott pointed this out in messages to me this morning or messages maybe to the whole group but you know, of the twenty-five mm-hmm. that are on our team, I think there are only eight that are out of eligibility. So um, yeah. it's oh, not going to be any not going to be any easier next year. That preseason All-America team come October. Uh, sometimes, Dave, I sit down right now and I create <laughs> the preseason All-America team for next year, and then just go back and check to make sure everybody's back. Right. Right. I'm I'm not ready to dive back into that <laughs> process because I think it's just going <laughs> to. It's going to frustrate me quite a bit. Yeah. So um,
0: you could put a list together, but don't put them in any orders. <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll we'll come back to that sometime in the well, and, whatever and days. The All Star Game was
0: a testament of that because the All Star Game was a mix of great players. Um, some surprisingly using up that last year of eligibility to play in the game. Some didn't play that we see are in the mix to play next year. In the tournament, or in the Final Four, there were also players who were like, are they in the last year, are they not? And you're talking to coaches right. to try and gauge that. Uh, and then even one who, who had eligibility left said he wasn't going to use it, and on the flight to the All-Star game goes, ah, no, I'm going to use it. Uh, and, right. and it was immediately
3: removed from the All-Star game. Um, it, right, because, I mean, just to clarify for people out there who are watching and don't know, once you play in that All-Star game, you forfeit the rest of your collegiate um Eligibility right at any level yeah.
0: so. because uh, NAPC is paying the bill, uh, so that right. person paid a hefty flight and maybe a hotel back and forth from Fort Wayne because they entered the portal. But to be honest with you, they, they even if they entered the portal later, they were going to have to go pay that all back. Uh, I think. Even I don't know about after the fact. I think it might be too Gosh, late. Too, I don't. But
3: great question. Don't yeah.
0: Know that. I don't even know. It gets way too complicated in this day and age. And again, it's complicated because. Um, of how much COVID and the pandemic have affected things. We've still got a few years to pl- to play out of that. And a quick side note, somebody made a comment to me this weekend, I don't know if anybody else was around because I've lost track, that juniors right now are not even getting recruited in Division three or even... High school juniors. Uh, high school juniors, thank you. Uh, Division three or other divisions because there's st- such a, a backlog uh, of players and, and on teams right. and such that there isn't a lot of room, but... That will eventually give way, and and we'll see how it turns out. Uh, listen, I think all lost in this was how great Swarthmore and Whitewater played, uh, not only this season, but in the tournament. Swarthmore was on the doorstep of getting that title game. Whitewater certainly had its moments, and by the way, speaking of another team that brings everybody back, the YAC should be scared uh, yeah. because in, their entire unit is back. Um, Swarthmore might lose some players, but Cal... <laughs> Landry has shown he can retool real fast. Uh, that is a program to be feared. It, it was it was just a fun weekend of basketball. The day off in between has its benefits for sure. Um, and it was it was a blast to to just enjoy, Pat.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I can say too much more about that either. I think the one other thing is that, you know, I think in part because of the extra day, um, we got to really sit down and spend some time with coaches and yeah. players and that sort of thing where we would not have necessarily just had time to do that otherwise. Um, it was great to get to know uh, John Krikorian a little better, great to get to know Mike Fueline a little bit better. And you know, I think we would have talked to Pat Miller or Landry Kozmolski if they had uh, extended their stay at the tournament as well. But just to hear these guys talk about their philosophies of coaching, um, a lot of which ended up in uh, Ryan Scott's feature story, which is on the d3hoops.com homepage. Under the headline, Krikorian Captains Reach the Pinnacle. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff that came out of that weekend. And, um, and of course, it's not just the stuff that we did. Go out and find D3 Datacast uh, coverage as well. Uh, There's plenty of stuff to be found and talked about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Datacast guys were there. Bob Quillman was there as well. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Bob eventually. This matinee was pushed to Tuesday because it was just too much to try and Get back on the road on, or get back to swinging things on Monday with everything we've got coming up. Um, speaking of which, Pat, great moment at the end of the uh, championship. They played a basically a one shining moment type video for for the men. Something I think yes. a lot of us have thought about, but the logistics are insane if you don't have a big CBS truck sitting in the back lot. And we did, but not for that purpose. But um, just for the, just for the well, I'll get your reaction on it, and then we'll then we'll follow up.
3: I would say, I mean, I don't know if you remember the days we used to do this on audio. Like we literally did essentially a Oh, okay, uh, now PTSD's
0: coming in. Oh uh,
3: actually did a one shining moment at the end of like four or five championships in a row, maybe from two thousand. Oh, I'd have to, to go back, it might be more than that. On and we were definitely doing the same thing. I was like, I was recording on a separate cassette tape so that we would have the final highlights so that we could splice that in at the last second and I the- if I remember correctly, too, Dave, we were—I guess we were doing this by computer. Um, oh no, it got cool to computer Pro. Yeah, Cool Edit Pro. There you we go. We'd use to splice those highlights in and somehow get that on our air by the end of the game. But that is difficult as all get out. I was so impressed. Usually, Dave, I just don't even look at the stuff—the the highlight packages that are going on on the big screen because they're usually kind of like stage shots or not super relevant or maybe just generic stuff i looked up. i was like oh my god these are like early round highlights this is not just the four teams that are here this is not just today's game um and that you should roll that beautiful bean footage
0: we will roll that beautiful bean footage here on hoopsil in fact later in the show. We're going to talk to John Kricorian, and then we'll show it as we wrap up our men's side, if the timing works out. If, worst case, end of the show. I've already watched it back again and blown away. Yeah, uh, a bunch of schools uh, made the extra effort. By the way, side note, I found out, because I had asked about uh, introductions. It's a small little thing people as a PA announcer. uh, Introductions during the regular uh, season can be done by team. During the tournament, it alternates, but then we got to the championship, and they were back to by team, and I was told it was because of these videos. I said, well, Johns Hopkins had intro videos, but we did alternating, like what, what gives? Came back to find out Hopkins on their own went and did sizzle reels for all the teams that were there because that's what they do for theirs, so they did it for the, everybody else. And so now the question is, hey, if you do that and you've got a video board, we'll make an exception where you can introduce by team. Um, the introductions were great. Listen, Fort Wayne is an arena. I think has really stepped up every year to do something different. The introductions in the championship were better. Not better. They were, they were bad. I just mean they shut the lights down. They're throwing everything around. They're using dark lighting. Um, they're, they're, it was just a cool environment. Uh, the video side of that, that, that people stepped up. Manchester's a small school. doesn't have a strong um, sports information department. That's not a knock at the hardworking individuals there. They just have a very small group. And I thought this year they really went out of their way as, a, as an arena and unit to tr- put on as best a show as they could.
3: Yeah, very impressive. Um, you know, they have definitely taken a lot of these things to the next level. Um, you know, uh, the first year, remember the big D3 hoop sign, and that is what the yeah. players walk past, which is uh, super awesome. Uh, and they keep, yeah, they keep raising the level with these little in arena things for the student athlete experience. And I'm super psyched about that.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see. Quick thoughts. I know you didn't get to see a lot of the women, but the women get to go to to um, Dallas with a number one team versus a number two team, both undefeated. They'll take the floor at noon on April 1st in the um, in the uh, title game at American Airlines Center.
3: Wow. Yeah, great experience for those two teams, right? And, and we have number one versus number two in the championship game, which has never happened, at least not in our poll. I know the WBCA had a poll for several years predating that. I don't know if right. their one versus two ever met in the championship game. It's really hard to do that for so many reasons. Um, but even more so in division three and even more so in the nineties in division three. So yeah, true. Um, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I have to give my, I have to tip my hat to Transylvania. We knew, I knew Christopher Newport was good. I believe Christopher Newport was good. I never knew what to think about Transylvania because of who they've played. frankly, over the course of the last two seasons. So I'm glad to see them get to this point. And also, my gosh, uh, Gordon will talk about this with actual expertise, actual eyes on expertise, but the crowd at Trinity, yeah. the crowd in Hartford, oh yeah. my goodness, yeah. what an amazing atmosphere that must've been for <laughs> Division Three women's basketball. So I'm super psyched that that got to happen as well. And uh, I look forward to hearing what uh, Gordon has to say about it. And I also will take some time here over the course of the next Uh, 11 days, 10 and a half days to go watch some more of those games because, yeah, as you said, did not really get a chance to uh, give that a view in real time. Yeah, agreed. Uh,
0: Looking forward to it myself as well. Hey, Pat, I know you're busy. Appreciate the time you gave us. Uh, I know we're both still recovering uh, and trying to put our thoughts together, to be fair. Um, But I would, uh, as always, give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts on the weekend, the season, whatever?
3: Gosh, I should have prepared final thoughts Um, now. I just love the way that uh, the division three landscape has become over the course of the past several years. Um, And, you know, last year a game that ended in a 30 point game did not seem like a bad game. Didn't seem like a boring game. Didn't seem like a something disappointing to end the season with, but even so this year just kind of tops possibly every division three men's basketball championship game ever certainly all the ones that I've seen since I started paying attention in
0: 1996. So Yeah, I um, mean that. (laughs) I
3: I I usually get to this time, Dave, and I am burnt out and I'm tired, and it's usually pretty evident at the Final Four. I was not that way. I was super energized and even more so at the end of the game, so I'm very happy about how this season
4: ended
0: no, I agree. I, it, that last minute was one of the most insane final minutes, and the last ten minutes alone were insane. I, I have got it. I'm glad I recorded it. I am gl- Looking forward to going back and watching it. Um, it was awesome. And uh, we
3: love when you don't call timeouts. I guess.
0: Uh, seriously, uh, just warn me next time. I was ready to take a breath. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Pat, take care of yourself. Thanks so much. I know we'll talk to you down the road, uh, but I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy a little bit downtime, sir.
3: Thank you. Take it easy. Have a good rest of your show.
0: Thanks. Pat Coleman joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him once again joining us on the broadcast. When we come back, we'll talk to John Krikorian about the craziness that was the national championship. The third for a team at Christopher Newport, not counting track and field and how that all comes together and the first men's team to do it, and he beat his colleague Bill Broderick, only because of logistics. We'll talk to him all about that coming up. You'll listen to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com, from the WBCA and ABC Studios. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades, from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
6: Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future.
7: Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this matinee Tuesday edition, if you got questions for us, tweet us at d3hoopsville or email us hoopsville at d3sports.com. join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash hoopsville, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. Of course, we're also on the Team one Sports apps. You can find it on Android TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Roku, etc. Just look for Hoopsville.com. On that Team One Sports app, you can watch us. We're still taking donations, even though we've hit our goal. You can go to Venmo, venmo.com slash Dave McHugh, or look us up, Dave McHugh. Also, Give Butter, there's a QR code sitting right there on the screen for anybody who wants to continue to give us uh, donations for the show. Um, Let's pivot, talk about this men's championship. We showed you the highlights earlier of how they won it, uh, but there's a lot more involved in that than just how they won it. Uh, and, of course, talking to the coach about that is always the most I- exciting part of it. So joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it is the aforementioned head coach of the Christopher Newport Captains Champions of Division Three men's basketball. It's John Krikorian, and we may have a guest join us a little bit later. John, thanks for taking the time. Congratulations, sir. I know it's been a long, long road for you. Uh, nipping at it, getting a little further every time, and finally uh, getting to cut down the nets. It must be amazing
8: thanks Dave. It is it is amazing. and and you mentioned all the hard work that went in from these guys that built this long before I ever arrived here at CNU and then those that that helped me build it uh, in our way in the two thousand tens and uh, you know this group to be able to cap it off uh, in such spectacular fashion uh, is is really exciting. And listen,
0: there was a heck of a weekend because you had a bonkers of a semifinals against Swarthmore, where I said earlier, uh, offenses were thrown out. The defenses were really in control of that game for both teams as it felt very much like a chess match between you and, and Kozmolski trying to figure out what was going to work, what wasn't going to work. At one point, you all put out the big men out there to see if maybe that could influence the game in some way. You guys basically said to the big guys, go ahead, you can shoot from deep. We don't believe you're going to hit that. Uh, which was a bit of a game. It was fascinating to watch that semifinal because it truly was a, a little bit of a battle of wills.
8: Yeah, Landry is a great coach. Swarthmore is a great program. Um, they they execute so well, you know. And and we felt like what really worked for us over the last uh, you know month or six weeks of the season was our defense. It, uh, I thought we had really made people uncomfortable. Uh, it allowed us to you know, to have some off nights offensively, Uh, to be honest. And when you go to Fort Wayne in that arena, it's very hard to have an on night in terms of shooting the ball from the perimeter. Um, And so we kind of anticipated that a little bit and our guys really locked in and defended it. And I thought we did a marvelous job uh, defending, I think it very hard to guard Swarthmore team uh, for the vast majority of that game. You know, we've been able to make a couple of free throws down the stretch yeah, we don't have to survive, but that's that's kind of who we were. It's what we did. So, um, you know, we survived a shot from three that would have put it in overtime, uh, fortunately. And man, what a what a basketball game! And tons of credit to Swarthmore. I thought they had an absolutely tremendous year.
0: Um, a couple of things you just brought up that I'd love to touch on. First and foremost, didn't talk about with Pat, meant to but didn't get to it. Um, we had a we had some interesting shooting nights. Uh, for all teams, uh, we've had it throughout the tournament. There's been a joke on Division Three or on Division One's tournament about the wedgie, where the ball's getting stuck in the rim on a lot of shots. We just don't get used to. These are brand new basketballs. These are even, I think, for every round, if I'm not mistaken, they or even every game for the most part. It is a it's a brand new basketball. It's definitely got a little bit more of a of a sticky edge to it. We've got one in our backdrop actually, um, so I've gotten a chance to hold it and such. Is there a better way to do this than to have literally brand new basketballs that behave differently than we've than you're used to the entire season?
8: Um, I, honestly, until you just brought it up, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, last year was a little interesting because most teams hadn't used that ball until the NCAA tournament right. in Division three. Now I think many are like we used them in our league this year, so we were we were pretty comfortable with it. Um, you know the newness versus not. I mean, I guess the one thing I found, as long as they're pumped up properly, they were they were fine. As long, you know, dribbled around for a couple hours and pumped up properly, are fine. But if you overinflate these balls even a little bit, they can they can get really wonky. You know. Huh. Um, but you know, I, I didn't honestly in those six games, it, it was not an issue at any point. Um, no. That I recall. Of course not, because you
0: won all the games, sir. Uh, I. <laughs> I say that jokingly. Listen, this nearly doesn't happen. You're down 10 to Farmingdale State in the opening round at halftime. You have to survive that game. Every step of the way was not necessarily easy. What does that say to the style of play in Division Three? that when you get to a championship nowadays, you didn't get an easy road?
8: Yeah, the parity in, in, on the men's side this year was was incredible. It was exciting. You know, I, I think early on you could kind of look at the landscape and see that, you know what, there, there's not, it doesn't appear to be a dominant team this year. And and credit to Randolph-Macon for being nearly dominant the whole, whole season. That was just amazing. Um, but there, there didn't seem to be just one dominant team throughout the year. And, you know, you saw the top 10 kind of teams fluctuate towards the top and the bottom of that. Um, so I think it felt, everybody felt like, Hey, we just got to keep getting better. Uh, and we're going to have a shot at this thing. And, and we certainly felt that way. And, um, you know, fortunately for us, we, we came on at the right time and, and we able to win some of those close games. A Few of them could have gone either way. I guess it was just our time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one way to do it. Uh, I know you've been knocking on the door. I want to talk a little bit about some of the sequences in that championship game. First off, I don't know if you got the memo, but you started one for 16 from the floor, did your team? Um, I, I noticed you lost a little hair in the process.
8: Yeah, it was uh, not how we wanted to start, obviously. Um, you know. But on the flip side, I thought we were defending really well, and and that was the message. Like, guys, let's just keep getting stops eventually uh we're gonna make some shots and we did every game this year we went through some droughts uh, offensively and then found a spurt uh my assistant jeremy brown always said we had a great spurt ability we would find a a spurt there at some point usually in the second half where a stop a rebound a run out um and we were able to put a six to eight ten point run together and and our defense kind of allowed us to do that so we hung in there, hung in there come on Ty. We hung in there, and um, and then as the end of the half came, we able to, we were able to get a, a three. We were able to get a, a run out, uh, and then before you know it, we have the ball in John Hines's hand, down five, heading into the half, and he drills a jumper, and we're down three. And I thought that was really important for us um, in terms of our momentum and our confidence. Uh, that thirty is a big number for us at the half, and we held uh, we held those guys to twenty nine. And, and that gave us a lot of confidence that we were going to be able to be right there in this game. I mean, yeah. I've got Ty to Henderson within. here. Yep. Got Point and Ty Henderson here. How you doing? How you
0: doing, Ty? Thanks for joining us here. I really appreciate you finding some time. I know it's a little bit busy because, you know, you're a student first. So we understand yes, the dynamics there. Uh, the school was just lousy in its timing on, on spring break, in my opinion. Um, Ty, uh, Well, Ty's appropriate here cause for a couple reasons. One, you got within three, thanks in part – Ty Henderson, Ty. I got to ask you this because, and I mean this genuinely, in the Swarthmore game, you seemed a little bit more even matched with the players that they had. Mount Union came in with a lot bigger size, and you you had a bit of a disadvantage in terms of size. I'm not saying skill at all, but the coach looked like he definitely utilized you in a more of an offense defense mentality. Try to get you out there to spur to spurt that offense, to get it rolling, to get it moving, get it to do what you needed, then maybe brought someone in for the defense and then brought you back in to get things going when you needed to. What was that like? Because that That's felt right. like a little bit of a different role. While you may come on, on and off the bench during the season, this seemed a little bit more, you know, planned out. Does that make sense?
9: Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Uh, I was comfortable. like I knew I could get my teammates in good positions as a score. Um, touch the paint and uh, create for others. So I know that's what I'm good at, and I, that's what I stuck to.
0: Yeah, you you had one of the tougher defenders from Mount Union all over you in Newsom. Um, I, I'm curious how you how you thought about attacking him or dealing with him, considering how much he could disrupt things for you just trying to get that offense rolling.
9: Um yeah, uh, he's a great defender. We also have great defenders here at CNU. Guarding me every day in practice, so it was not. It was it was the same really, just attack. I didn't think about oh he might lock me up or anything. I just thought about creating plays for my team.
0: Great answer because you do have darn good defenders, to say the least, uh, on your squad. Uh, starting with a freshman uh, named Hines, uh, and then his brother named Hines, and some others yes, certainly. Sir. Um listen, we were just done talking about the one for sixteen start. I'm curious from your perspective as a player. Is that a frustration? Is that something you gotta avoid getting down on yourself about?
9: Uh no. Uh one for sixteen. Uh you're talking about the game, how we started. Yeah. Or
0: what? Yeah, in the title game. Oh
9: yeah. I didn't panic at all. I knew like it's a game of runs. They came out and defended, and I mean, we we didn't get down at all. We knew our time was coming. We just had to put together some stops ourselves.
0: Uh, another dynamic here, and, and not to shed light on negatives, but I found it fascinating. At one point there was a timeout, and everybody on Christopher Newport was definitely a little bit on edge. There was some arguing. There was some arguing in the huddle. There was some arguing outside the huddle. There was arguing going into the huddle. And I remember talking to Coach Kikorian afterward, and he's like, "Yeah, that's what we do. Ty, from your perspective, yeah. though, what was that moment like? Because that felt like the turning point a little bit. You guys got fired up and kind of took it out onto the floor as well.
9: Yeah, uh, we've been doing this all season, like a little fireworks, we call it. Uh, <laughs> it's really just uh, holding each other accountable. Really, I look at it that way. Um, we need some people to step up, and we we are leaders on this team. So we uh, look at the other person and say, "Come on, man!" Like. Uh, it's time to turn it up, man. So it's a little fireworks, and then we come out and leave it all on the court.
0: Before I get to the ending sequence, because Ty, you were huge in that final minute and how that all played out, I do want to ask a little bit about the other guys and the team and how they played. Obviously, Trey Barber had a bonkers great game and finished with the, the winning shot. But a guy like Fur, who comes out kind of a role player and has almost a career night in the title game, uh, a guy like Anderson, who came out and was instrumental all weekend, I think, in helping kind of throw curveballs. Coach, I'll start with you, and then Ty, I'd love to get your opinion on it. It really felt like while we knew the role, the, the significant guys, the star players, it was your role players who, who played a big, big role in that weekend.
8: Yeah, what what we've learned about this, this tournament and, and that stage, especially at the Final Four, Um like, you, you can't have any fear when you play. You have to have just this um, mentality about you because that moment gets gets very big. That arena is very big. And, you know, the guys that just have a, you know, the, they just don't, I want to say for lack of a better uh, way to say it, they just don't care. You, you have to be willing to lose if you want to win big. you got to be willing to put the cards on the table and – and not play not to lose or with any fear. And, and those guys, Ian and Caleb, they're, they're definitely those kind of guys. And so the one, it didn't surprise me at all. And that's why we had them ready in the rotation, uh, that they would go out there and just play uh, and play to win and not worry about the stage. And they, that's the kind of guys they are. And they, and that's exactly what they did. And I'm not saying our other guys were scared. I just know those two in particular um, they're, they're fearless.
0: Yeah, certainly fearless is the right word um, for at one point. I I was surprised you wanted to take him out of the game. Uh, And interestingly enough, he's one who hit a big shot in the first half and was kind of part of that spark that got everybody fired up because maybe there was a defensive uh, misassignment or or, or something. I have no clue. But that was part of all of that. Um, Ty, from your perspective, what's it like – To know that, okay, option A, option B may not be working, but all of a sudden C, D, and E are are lighting it up, and and you can go almost anywhere on the floor at that point.
9: Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Like I I would say all season we have people step up. Uh, You got Brandon Edmond, steps up big, uh, Mary Wash. like I could name a lot of people that stepped up throughout the season. Kayla Fern, Ian Anderson just happened to do it uh, this past weekend. It was great. Uh, We knew – We knew they could do it. Everybody on our team has the potential to step up.
0: Pretty impressive. All right, I got to talk. about Final 10 minutes is probably one of the best 10 minutes in the championship that we've had, but the final minute was insane. I don't know, Coach, if you understood you had a timeout, never used it, but you had one. You could have given all of us broadcasters a moment to at least catch our breath and all the fans a moment to catch our breath, but no. And it started with Ty because – They go down the floor. Parker puts a put back in. It's a loose ball rebound, that he puts back in and gives them the lead for the first time in a little bit after you guys had taken the lead coming from behind. Ty gets the ball. He's coming down court, and I remember looking over to you and going, I wonder if he's going to call a timeout as soon as Ty hits midcourt, and you, you were just chilling, watching the play, and I look back up. Ty's hit a second gear. I'll start actually with Ty on this one. Ty, what did you see out of Mount Union that you thought you could take advantage of?
9: Uh, Firstly, like, I just want to say I was very prepared for this situation. Uh, Like Coach tells me all the time, like, we're not calling timeout uh, if that that happens. And I learned this season, like, a a similar situation. So, like, we go over this in practice, so I was very prepared. I knew exactly what to do um, in that moment. And... uh, at Mount Union, like, I kind of seen, like, them celebrating a little bit, like, as I'm going. Then as soon as I hit half court, I'm like, all right, like, they're ready to try to stop me. And I just had all my speed, and I just went right past them.
0: Did you realize they were in foul trouble, that you could go after them a little bit more aggressively, yes. that they may um, not take advantage of it? Yes, the second half, I noticed, like,
9: uh, the foul count, how it went, and, like, uh, we were in the bonus. So if I would have got fouled, that would have put me at the line, too. So I was True. just going to be very aggressive in that situation.
0: You got onto Newsom's hip. He was out of position. You went in on that layup. He gives you a hip check. You're flying to the ground. But I assume you were locked in on the rim because that was one heck of an acrobatic layup. Yes, sir. Thank you, John. From your perspective, was timeout even an option ever, or is this the Chicago Bulls of old where Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the rest are coming up floor and they got five timeouts in their back pocket and they're not going to use any of them?
8: Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to use it there. You know, I have it if I need to. You know, if 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 Ty or in the last play, I'm sure we'll get to Trey. If they were, if they had a look that that wasn't aggressive, then you know I can I can help them out. But uh, as he said, this is our DNA with this team. You know, and just like John Hines had the freedom to go down and try to make a play that didn't work out, these guys know that they're going to come down the floor. And as you said, as you wanted to catch your breath. We're we're banking on the defense trying to catch their breath. And th- there's nothing I can draw up in a timeout against a set defense of five players that's going to be better than one of these guys going downhill one-on-one at the rim against a defense that, quite honestly, is not, not really wanting to foul. So uh, he knows it, especially Ty, because we talk about it all the time. And it's funny because Ty – we talk about the time, right? like four yeah, seconds. Yeah. And we've done drills where we throw him the ball four seconds and say, get to the cup, and he can do it in less than four. And um, so he, he's very comfortable. He does it all the time. And so th- there really wasn't a thought of using, certainly, my final time timeout in that situation. Um, I'd rather use it, like, had he not got fouled there and just scored the layup up one, I'd probably use it to set our defense.
0: Sure, makes
8: uh, sense. Which is... is really important.
0: Coming out of the shot, you get fouled, they call timeout. Ty, you have to come out of a long break, because obviously it's a longer than you've ever had all season due to CBS Sports. And now you got to go to the line to try and give the team the lead. So, you know, listen, I know in practices you practice to be your know, heart racing when you go to the free throw line, and a lot of guys might practice it when your heart is barely there. You're probably somewhere in the middle, and you know the game's on the line. I saw you take a deep breath at that line and holding the ball before burying it yeah. how were the nerves in that moment
9: uh the deep breath is part of my routine i like it it kind of yep. uh, calms me down just seems deeper uh, it
0: seemed deeper <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah probably was but uh, i mean i could say i was prepared for that situation <laughs> uh pra- i'm saying practice every time like practice uh we go over these late game situations A lot and we picked it up even more during the NCAA tournament because we know it's March and it's it's filled with madness so like we knew uh, situations like this were going to come up so we had to be ready for them
0: Uh, You make the basket come out of the game, you bring in the defender in John, they go and get an amazing basket, Gurley on the drive with an amazing dump to Parker, listen you could probably defend that a hundred times and I'm not sure everybody's going to be aware of that but I thought it was just a tremendous play on their part You have 4.3 seconds, obviously not going to call timeout. There's a little confusion, I thought, on who was going to take the ball out initially. Gurley goes and gets it. I'm curious, though, was Barber really option one or the one you wanted? And it's not a knock on Barber, but he's not necessarily the guy like Henderson who can get down court in four seconds. But he gets the ball three-quarters of the way up, or three-quarters of the way to go.
8: Yeah, so first a great play uh, by those guys there with the refuses the ball screen, Trey steps over to help block a shot, John switches and he, he somehow threaded the needle for that bucket. Um, we knew it was coming and we still couldn't stop it. Uh, but we didn't want to leave anyone on a three point line because we were up two. So, right. you know, they right. had the whole lane to themselves. It was great. I thought well played all around. And, you know, again, yeah, we're, our DNA is we're not calling timeout. Right. So, you know, we don't call timeout, but now usually Ty's the one flying up the court with the ball. And he's <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> right. so, so, Matt, I know initially takes it out. He's looking for John, and they, you know, wisely took John away. Uh, and at yeah. that point, I thought I might need to use it. Um, and he throws the ball up to Trey, and, and I'm thinking I still might need to use it. But then Trey turns, has complete daylight in front of him, and he's driving the ball with great confidence to the basket. And the kids had a career night. And you know, I'm thinking, who the heck am I to stop? This is gonna be fun. Let's let's play this thing out. Uh if he got stuck or picked up the ball or something, we you know, we would have still had time to do that. But he went, he looked very confident. We know that, that Trey we don't put him in that spot often, but we know Trey can dribble the ball. He can handle the ball, he can shoot a mid range jumper mm-hmm. if that's what it came to. Um and they didn't want to foul him, right? So he took off and the rest is history, but um, <laughs> I'm proud yeah, of him, man. Just it took a lot of concentration on that play in that moment to finish that um, with a little bit of contact, and um, man, just just a, an unbelievable way to cap off a championship.
0: Yeah, I, I got the scoring a little bit wrong there. Uh, Ty's free throw gave you an important two point lead. They then right. came down the floor to tie it which gave you guys a chance at the last-second bucket with Barber nailing that thing. Um, an aggressive play from a guy who, who's aggressive at times, but he certainly isn't one off the dribble who's aggressive. But you guys get the title. Um, quick moment back to the semifinals, John. Your team maybe didn't execute what you wanted them to execute and gave Swathmore a chance at that. Your heart must have been dropping, just as in the championship game, your heart was going through the roof.
8: Yeah, uh, how many times have we been through this? I mean, A lot of I, I mean, th- we—I I don't know. This group just lived on the edge. That's all I can yeah, say. They just—they just, just lived on the edge. They, they truly just, you know, didn't care about losing. Like they just—they—they they just didn't believe it was really possible. And they, you know, I mean, <laughs> we were not the best free throw shooting team, certainly. Um, we knew that that was an issue for us. So you know what we did? We we became a pretty good offensive rebounding team on missed free throws. That's probably the biggest mistake we true. made again in the Swarthmore game. We couldn't get a we couldn't get a rebound <laughs> on on those free throws. It killed that's us. True. You know that's true. But um yeah we we could have and should have put the game away. Didn't. Uh, then we were supposed to foul. Didn't. <laughs> and <laughs> and we survived. You know. Um,
0: well, if anything, Ty. Ty Henderson actually made the smart move not to foul when it got exactly. close to him. So it was some really good thinking on the floor. While it didn't work out the way you wanted it to, in the end, it ended up being some pretty smart thinking. Uh, it, really, it
8: really was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it really uh, was. Yeah. I, 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 before I let you guys go, i got to talk about the campus, got to talk about the athletics department, how everybody's reacting to this. Moments after you guys win, the women come from behind to clinch their own title birth. Uh obviously we'll talk to Bill Broderick coming up about going to Dallas for a championship but you know another championship and what has been an interesting run for Christopher Newport Athletics in the last few years uh what's it been like on campus since you guys all got back
9: Uh it's nothing but love like as soon as we got off that bus uh people outside just cheering us on so it was just an amazing feeling since we got off that bus um onto the campus um everybody supporting us um teachers Even the janitors, like everybody, Um, other coaches.
0: It's just, it's all love on campus. John, no matter what, even if Bill wins one, you did it first.
8: (laughs) Hey, you know what? I just, I'm going to walk by his office all, you know, every day, ask him what time practice is, you know, wish him good luck, you know. Like when you're at CNU, it's like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses around here, you no. know, uh, I mean, the, the women's soccer team, the softball team, I mean, baseball's been in the natty, uh, all these teams have been right there. If not won um, it, um, it's, it is a little bit of a relief, not, not to, not to be the, the team that hasn't got it. So <laughs> I'm sure Bill's, Bill's, uh, subtly feeling a little bit of that, but now, man, just, when you get on that stage when you put your kids when your kids put you in in a situation where you have an opportunity um to be the best to get to that final game or the final four or the elite eight whatever it is um that's an incredible accomplishment for for any student athlete and coach and um we're just thrilled that we had the opportunity to be there more thrilled that that we did win it but you know it could have gone any any direction we're just You know, I'm so proud of these guys and and all our student athletes here. Christopher Newport, like there's an environment, a culture here that's that's really magical. It really is. It's really special Um, from our strength coach, Coach Dean, who no one's talking about getting these guys ready um, to our administration, all the way from the top, Kyle McMullen, our athletic director, uh, these kids on this campus who support us, the band. We got the best band in in Division three, if not greater. it all adds to a culture of excellence and a place that you want to be. It's really special for these guys, and um, we're we're we were lucky enough to be able to carry that flag last weekend for for all of them.
0: Ty, what's it like to
8: be to know,
0: I should say, that you're a national champion, man? Uh, it's a dream
9: come true. Uh, <laughs> the best
0: day of my life. Oh, I'm sure it was. Uh, congratulations, you guys. I know it's been a long haul, John. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to the team on the accomplishment, especially after the near miss for some of them in 2020, and and you could call near misses since. Uh, we always give the tradition here on the show of the last word to the final to our guests. Any final thoughts you guys would like to start? I'll, I'll leave the floor to who
8: goes first. Oh, I want I want Todd to finish this one, man. As a man, a few words. My point guard had over 100 assists this year. Uh, became a true, true point guard has bragging rights in his family now because his dad played here and his mom, and neither of them have a national <laughs> championship. So that's going to be a that's going to be a fun Fourth of July barbecue. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, although his dad and brothers did just win a state championship yeah. in in uh, at the high school level here at Lancaster cool. High School in Virginia. So you talk about a basketball family. I think we give this guy the the final word here. Definitely.
9: Uh, well, the off season started yesterday. Uh
0: we look to go back to back.
8: Perfect. And
0: John just died a little in his inside. He just we literally just watched John Krikorian die a little on a camera. That's perfect. I love it, Ty. That's how you got to have that mentality. Well said. Uh congratulations again everybody. You guys uh to the title, to the season, to the accomplishment. It wasn't easy, I know, and I appreciate finding some time to join us here on the show. Take care of yourselves. Good luck in the offseason. Uh, I think Ty's ready. I don't think John is, uh, but we'll see you guys come November.
8: Thanks all right. for all you do, Dave. Thank Appreciate you. you.
0: Thank you, guys. Take care. Ty Henderson, John Kricorn, and join us on the huddle. Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, we're going to quickly show the recap video from um, that they put together for D- D3 men's basketball. Uh, the Manchester University team responsible for that, thanks to Nathan Dennison, who points out, Bridget Nash, Alina Reed. Uh, Sidney Sexton and Tristan Bronaw, I hope I said their names right, conceptualized and edited the hype videos with footage from early rounds, championship practices, and games. The starting lineup content on Saturday was from the media session on Friday. Amazing work by the team. That's from Nate Dennison, who also, he and his crew did a great job there. We'll show the video, uh, and then we'll go to break, and Gordon Mann will join us on the other side. But this is how the Division Three men's basketball season wrapped up.
2: Used to pray for a moment just like this There's a fire in your eyes, I can't resist Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this I could taste it forever on your lips There's a lifetime living inside that kiss Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Good afternoon,
1: everybody. Welcome to the 2023 NCAA Selection Show for Division III Men's Basketball. This is the best time of year at College Hoops, and we think the depth and quality of this year's field is especially strong. Who's in and
2: who's out? We're about to find out. fast, so don't you. There's a fire in your eyes I can't resist. Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this. Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this. I can taste it forever on your lips. There's a lifetime living inside that kiss. Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this. Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this. Life wants to live faster. Every second I'm with you, I didn't know what I was after until I found it in you. This I know. If tonight is all we got, and don't let. There's a fire in your eyes that can't bring baby wait. Just like this, there's a fire in your eyes that can't resist. Baby, we ain't gonna wanna remember me. You know it's true.
7: Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life, your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence, that's being a responsible person.
0: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. I uh, want to uh, back to the beginning of that great video once again uh on on the uh Manchester athletics side of things. Um they've been running a little bit low in terms of their sports information department. Um after their main uh, the guy who was there last year left before the year began, lots of movement in the SID world. Um so Yeoman's effort on their part, the the only sad part I got to warn them now is they've now set the bar <laughs> moving forward. All right, let's pivot talk women's basketball because um It was certainly a a tremendous season, uh, yet again, uh, there, to say the least. Um, And the weekend was certainly dynamite, uh, to say the least, because, uh, well, it it couldn't get any better than two semifinals with good crowd reaction, good support, and all of that jazz. And that's exactly what they got in um, Trinity, at Trinity in Hartford, Connecticut, which, of course, is the alma mater. For our man, Gordon Mann, who is managing editor of D3Hoops.com, joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville hotline to talk all about it. Gordon, first and foremost, must have been good to be back home.
10: It was very nice. I uh, uh, the, it was the Ferris Athletic Center there, I, I told a handful of people because they, they used to have the gym open on uh, kind of late on weekend nights, and I would go in there, and uh, I missed many a three-pointer on the, the in my uh, pickup days on the – Uh, on the near side rim same court that the players play on not a different court maybe it is nowadays but it wasn't 20 something years ago
0: Uh, it's probably the same court just refinished i bet um i'm not sure i think they would have called you say hey listen we need to redo the floor we know you've taken a few three-pointers on it would you please donate
10: yeah Um, if if, if you if if you had to donate by number missed i would have owed significant.
0: (laughs) yeah good point um what was it like um you know, a little different. We haven't had this since 2016 where the semifinals are by themselves. You know, we've talked a little bit about maybe doing the Elite Eight Final Four thing in the future if they could figure that out. So it was just two games. That's all it was. You know, all the pomp and circumstance without the championship, essentially. What, what was it like that uh, over the weekend?
10: Yeah, that's always, that's always a little weird when you have... Because um, uh, you don't play down to a champion. You don't play down to one team. Every other... Event, you know, every pod, every weekend, one team comes out, cuts the net. Usually, if it's final four, uh, you know, you kind of play to a conclusion. And this one, uh, you know, the team wins, and they're like, okay, 35 minutes later, we need kind of all of you guys out of here so that the next team can come in. (laughs) Um, But great crowds. Uh, Rhode Island College traveled really, really well. Uh, Smith traveled really, really well. They're geographically close. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean schools will travel well. I
2: mean,
1: True.
10: You know, we've, we've seen, um, you know, smaller crowds at regionals. If their if men's team is in the final four, it's smaller. Some schools just have smaller alumni base or less interaction or whatever it was. But uh, RIC and, uh, and Smith uh, really filled out the stands. Good showings from, from Christopher Newport and Transylvania fans, too. They were coming from a more significant distance. Uh, but it got very loud in there when the you know kind of the quasi-home teams were doing well. Uh, and when you have that overlap with, with the Smith fans and the Rhode Island College fans in there, there were not a lot of empty seats.
0: Which is pretty impressive. Now, we should point out Trinity has basically half of the building as seats. The other half is a little bit less seats, but it doesn't right. matter. Whatever looks good and sounds good is certainly impactful there. The first game, Christopher Newport versus Rhode Island College. Listen, I don't think there was anybody who looked at that matchup at the beginning of the tournament or the beginning of the season and would have thought that would have happened. Rhode Island College certainly came on strong. Jenner Cosgrove's got a really good team. But I would say going into that game, there were probably a lot of people going, geez, Christopher Newport's missing two key players to injury. They're putting everybody in different positions. If Rhode Island College wins, it wouldn't be that big a surprise.
10: Yeah, I I think that's true. You know, the the, the teams change in their their profile changes what you expect of them changes from the beginning of the tournament so Rhode Island College had already beaten uh, number three Scranton at Scranton that already beaten Babson at Babson so they were um, you know underdogs probably but not as significant as they were if this would have been week one of the the first game of the tournament Uh, very impressed by Rhode Island College uh, and as you say Christopher Newport uh, not at full strength uh, but playing with you know younger players sometimes playing out of position particularly in the post uh, stepping up uh, they were going to have to have people step up anyway because they weren't going to be able to play their starters 15 20 minutes as they have throughout the season uh, but uh, it, it was it was a good game rhode island college uh, was in control for most of it and then in the fourth quarter uh, you can ask coach broderick about this he went to his zone, which is very unusual for them Yes. Uh, Rhode Island College could get their shots to fall and had one basket in the first nine minutes of the quarter. Uh, they had a you look at the box where they had eight points, but the bunch of those were late three pointers when the game was was all but over anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the difference. Is the uh, the over that stretch where Rhode Island College was not able to score for really the the majority of the fourth quarter. Christopher Newport was able to come back and win.
0: Yeah, oh, amazing. We do talk to Coach Broderick later. Um, about the fact that he went to a zone, even give him a little hard time about it. Um, but that was a surprising move. I mean, one basket in nine minutes. Uh, Jenna's Jenna Cosgrove's team must have must have been frustrated.
10: Yeah, yeah, I think you could see him being fr- you could see him frustrated. You could see him getting a little tight. I think I think fatigue was also a factor at that point. Uh, the you know the little east conference plays wednesday friday they didn't have a game earlier but this kind of back-to-back condensed may have made a difference i think she only used seven players at that point that's a very short rotation um, yeah. you know and uh, at that point in the season against a christopher newport team that is going to push tempo and make you run up and down the floor for the majority of the game i think uh, i think fatigue could have been a factor there too but um you know, I, I, by going to the zone, Christopher Newport was able to neutralize some of the size disadvantage that they had. Uh, and I, I thought the once the, the, when Rhode Island College was most effective on offense is when they were able to go inside uh, to Jones and to Nardolillo, and when Christopher Newport backed into the zone defense, uh, Rhode Island
0: College kind of wasn't able to make threes until very late in the period. Uh, let's move over to the other semifinal: Transylvania versus Smith. This this had all the hallmarks of being just a, an absolute barn burner of a game. You got two very good teams, maybe one not fully appreciated in Transylvania coming in undefeated but Smith who had certainly been battle tested had essentially been the number one for the bracket coming in due to their resume. And it felt granted two programs that had never been there. I mean, three of the yeah. four programs had never been there. It, it it was all new for a lot of people. And to some degree this game felt like a, a Literally, the what it billed was it was going to be a back and forth kind of slug it out fest.
10: Yeah, the, the, that game uh, because uh, Smith's top player Morgan Morrison had such limited minutes because of foul trouble. Um, you know, it's not to take anything away from Transylvania, who could have won the game anyway. It was an excellent team. You know, any concerns about their strength of schedule, you know, aren't a concern really anymore at this point in the season. Um, but Morrison was something like 10 for 12 for 22 points and 22 yeah. minutes. Uh, she played. She picked up her second foul six minutes or four minutes into the second quarter. Um, uh, Coach Hershey sat her down for the rest of the period. She started the second period, the second half, and picked up two fouls in 90 seconds. Uh, one Thornton, Deja Thornton, who's was very good at getting opposing teams to foul her, drew a foul on the opening minute. And then there was a loose ball foul on Morgan, on Morrison. And even though she came back out and played some after that, she actually didn't foul out until the very end. She was not nearly as effective. I think she was something like one for two after that foul, right. Playing and, and the difference it made on defense was, was enormous. So great game. I know the Smith fans, uh, and team were very frustrated with the foul calls and the foul trouble. Uh, you do wonder if, uh, you know, if she doesn't pick up the, let's say she doesn't get the fourth foul, right? That they get her off the floor after the sure. third and she's able to play a more traditionally aggressive fourth quarter. You wonder if the was the game would have been closer because it really was until Smith closed it down to five. I think late in the fourth quarter, it was a ten to fifteen point game most of the way, uh, and I, I think that would have. I have to imagine Smith would have been closer until the end uh, in that situation. Uh, but again, none of that's intended to take away from Transylvania, who played really, really well. Uh, uh, Madison Kellyon was very impressive. Deja Thornton was very good. Um, it's just if you're looking at what that game might have been, the foul calls, I think, were a factor.
0: Were were, were they legit calls? Were they? Were... I mean, I know the last one they they overturned, but apparently upon a review, her foot is is inside the arc.
10: Yeah, um, it, you know it's really hard. It's really hard for me to say that it was it was a physical game. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of physical contact down low around the post. You know where the calls even not really, and uh, Smith had more foul trouble with Morrison, and even Pekunka picked up a bunch of fouls. But I don't. I'm not ready to. I don't mean that to imply that somehow the officials were favoring Transylvania in some way. Maybe there was just the way Smith was playing down low. Their level of physicality warranted fouls. But it was a pretty physical game down low most of the game. There weren't a lot. wasn't a lot of hand checking. Neither team really ran much of a press, so you didn't have a lot of fouls in the backcourt, other than when, you know, the fan teams were trying to extend the clock. Uh, but there was a, there was a lot of contact. I really was not able to discern, um, you know, whether Smith was kind of treated unfairly or not.
0: Yeah, no, certainly not unfairly. Just curious uh, on the dynamics of it. I, I know their fans certainly didn't
10: like it. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was a very physical game.
0: Man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, Julie Folks has certainly built this program over the years. That's their first game away from the Beck Center in the NCAA tournament since 2019. They will now play their second away from the Beck Center at a very different arena, the American Airlines Center. But just your thoughts on seeing Transylvania up close.
10: They're a really good team. I mean, uh, they they are uh, on the court. They're very, very efficient. Uh, Kellyanne is quick and kind of gets to wherever she needs to be. She's a good outside shooter. Uh, it's a well-built roster. Uh, you've got Kellium as kind of the ball handler. you've got Thornton who is very effective in the post. And then they've got Kennedy Stacy to compliment uh, uh, Kellyon and Laken Ball to complement Thornton. Uh, it's just a, it's a well-rounded roster uh, you know with with good balance to it. Uh, they are, you know, wrote about this a little bit in the the kind of game story on Saturday night they're very gracious uh, is the thing that you come away from with them that when you talk to them in the, in the post-game press conference, um, there's not a lot of bravado there. They're very understated. If you ask a question a certain way, they can almost be apologetic for their success. Um, I, I, think they're, uh, I think they're a very impressive program. I think they have taken on to some extent the personality of their head coach and, um, very impressive, very thoughtful. I mean, she's—I don't think she probably for to be called this, but she's Doctor Julie Folks.
0: Uh, yep, yep.
10: And uh, you know, she's had a lot of really interesting life experiences, and they have—they just have a very, a very cool vibe to them. It'll be fun because the championship game—if you just watch the head coaches and you don't watch the players, you'll see two very different approaches. <laughs> yeah, um, I watch. <laughs> I, I, I like watch the coaches and. I just didn't. Now they were winning most of the games, so maybe that was the reason and they've been winning most of their games all season. So maybe it's been easy for for Coach Folks to be as chill as she is. But you don't see her raise her voice. She doesn't get too excited. Um, she's very calm. She uh, she's emphasizes uh, positive reinforcement through touch. So you'll see Transylvania, a lot of high fives, a lot of dapping each other up, that there's, there's scientific evidence that that increases the endorphins and helps the team so it's it's a very it's a very thoughtful chill and a very well-rounded team and you know we didn't really know how good they would they were because they did not play a good schedule uh turns out they're really good you know i don't know <laughs> that they would have won 31 and 0 in the NESCAC, the uaa the wyak would you know pick your conference of choice but they would have won it they were better than yeah. all of those teams yeah. uh and uh you know I don't know if them going 29-2 and two or 30-1 and one or whatever it would have been would have been a significant difference.
0: What are your thoughts on Christopher Newport? A, a, and again, as we said at the beginning, a different look with two major stars out and having to kind of retool things a bit.
10: Yeah, piecing it together, uh, there's some chance that Katie Rader may be able to play. It was kind of a two- to three-week thing, the extra week off. I can imagine she'd be able to go a lot. She was in a boot and a brace this weekend. She was in a boot and a brace last weekend, but kind of hope springs eternal, I guess. Uh, you know, as a senior, you'd like for her to be able to finish her career on on the floor. Um, I'm not sure, she has an extra year of eligibility. I'm not sure she's gonna use it. I, I think that Christopher Newport's ability to kind of piece it together. Now they've got two weeks and that will help. I'm not sure how that works against a starting lineup that's pretty much played together all year round and has the balance that Transylvania does. I mean, Rhode Island College had really good forwards and good guards, um, so they had pretty good balance too. I just uh, with the with the Transylvania could come out and go. over. for one thing, Transylvania is not is not fantastic shooting the three. Neither is Christopher yeah. Newport really. I I would I think the advantage. Uh, is in favor of, of Transylvania unless Christopher Duport can speed him up, uh, which they may be able to. They'll certainly try. Uh, but even Coach Broderick has even talked about the fact that with Simmons and Rader out, the types of presses he can run are a little different. So um, I, I'm, I'm open for a good game. It's extraordinarily rare. This is the only time we've ever had undefeated uh, one versus two in the women's final. Uh, we had an undefeated – National Championship game a handful of years ago when Thomas Moore played George Fox in the game that now doesn't exist because of uh, the vacating of the win. And we've had one play two in the tournament, um, but we have never had one undefeated number one against undefeated number two for the National Championship, so that'll be special.
0: No. I was just going to say, before we let you go, it's 1v2. It's undefeated v. undefeated. It's going to be at American Airlines Center, part of the big weekend in Division one, two, and, and along with Division two and three being there. We'll hear from Bill Broderick later about the, his excitement. We'll hear from Julie folks here momentarily too, but just I mean, listen, we thought Tufts versus Thomas Moore in Indianapolis was big. This feels like it takes it to another level.
10: It does in terms of the team success. Now, the, the thing that made that weekend so much fun or increased the fun was you had UConn there. Yes. And with the gym, <laughs> uh, the Gina Auriemma, uh Carla Barubi relationship was different. You had thomas Moore kind of in the role of uconn uh um, yeah. in terms of where they were and it was also a weekend although it it was just fun to see him i don't know that it had any impact on the game you had scott ruick there who was the who had won a That's national cool. title which fox with oregon i'm i'm you know interested to see who gets through on the d1 side hopefully there's somebody with some kind of division three connection um that would make the weekend you know more fun
0: yeah good point uh, hey, listen. Appreciate the time. I know you're busy, so we'll we'll certainly let you go. But uh, thanks for giving us the insight on on what was a fun weekend. I look forward to watching the games more in full. Now that I got some time, uh, yeah. to do so, uh, a little bit different than normal, and and look forward to seeing how uh, the championship plays out. But as always, we give the guests the final word. and Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in?
10: Uh, just kind of a public service announcement. We will, I know that for a lot of the division three fans, this is kind of the end. If you follow it on the men's side, you know, the, the great championship game with Christopher Newport winning there. If you're on the women's side, or if you're on both, uh, do check back with the website. We'll probably have all Americans posted early next week. Uh, WBCA had theirs out. Um, and we have ours out on the men's side. Uh, and uh, we'll try and find some some interesting storylines to uh, get you geared up for it. Because the one thing that does kind of happen with the, the championship game, it will be fun, it will be special for the players, it will be a unique experience playing this in, at the Division One series, but the atmosphere around the game leading up to it, it will feel like a one-off because it's two weeks yeah. later.
0: Yeah, no, good point. I, again, I had fond memories of 2016. Wish I could go this time, but we'll enjoy it from afar. And uh, take care of yourself. Uh, Thanks for the time. Safe travels. We'll look forward to catching up with you down the road.
10: All right. Take care, Dave.
0: Gordon Mann joining us on the huddle. Hoopsaw Hotline. Appreciate his time. Hope you got some uh, sense of how fun it was up at Trendy. When we come back, Julie Folks will join us from Transylvania to talk about her perspective, not only the semifinals, but heading off to Dallas. You listen to Hoopsville. Presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division. Division 3 basketball like we do. We're d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
6: Coach of the year, administrator of the year, All-America team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past. Look to the future.
5: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
9: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop
3: sexual assault.
0: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
6: Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future.
0: And once again, thank the WBCA for their support of our program, along with the NABC, D3hoops.com, and Sport Tours International. Really appreciate all the time that they've all given us and the support and all of that as well. Thank all of you who've donated to the program as well. They hit our goal. If you're interested in donating still, despite hitting our goal, and there, there's a few people I know we got to email because they want some direct links. Uh, the QR code at the bottom of your screen can get you to the Give Butter program, or you can find us on Venmo, Venmo.com slash Dave McHugh, or just find us on Venmo. At Dave McHugh. Talking about women's basketball, one of the first, uh, well, not the first team to clinch their bid, but certainly one who probably had the most expectations and looking forward to clinching their bid for the first time was the Transylvania Women's Basketball Program. Julie Folks' team has been working their way to it, and it took playing away from their gym for the first time since 2019 to pull it off. Julie Folks joins us on the Huddle Hoopsal Hotline to talk about her Pioneer's undefeated run to a national title game berth. Congratulations, Coach. I know it's a huge deal for you and the program, and I, I know it's been something you kept, kind of like Christopher Newport men, where they where they finally got the title, but they kind of were biting at the apple a bunch of times. It feels like you, you finally found that bite that worked.
11: Yeah, well, thank you, Dave, and thanks for having us. Uh, obviously very excited uh, that our team is still playing. I think, you know, they just had a great experience last weekend um and while we were not in the beck center um still found a way to you know make enough shots and do all the right things so they are they're excited they're ready to go um i think they're probably also a little tired so the two week break will take that um and it's it's just been fun for the university and to watch everybody collectively celebrate them
0: i'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment i do want we heard gordon's perspective on the game against smith I'd love to get your perspective on the game against Smith who by the way Gordon calling you the chillest coach he's ever seen. <laughs> um it, it, apparently the chill worked to a national or to a national title birth but tell me about the battle with Lynn Hersey and and her squad.
11: Well, I mean they're they're so well coached and that while well, that might have been a neutral side there was nothing neutral about that. Oh, yeah, no, they did, brought their fans. <laughs> oh, they did an unbelievable job and and they had told us coming in, you know, they had five bus loads of people, and uh, so we knew it was going to be a really fun atmosphere uh, that was uh, going to be loud and not loud in our favor. And, you know, Smith, obviously, they – you know, the player of the year, the coach of the year, really well-balanced, able to do a lot of things. Um, I thought, you know, we started okay, and then the game got a little big for us, and uh, we got a little bit out of sync, and then, you know, eventually – uh, Maddie and Deja hit some big shots, and I think everybody relaxed a little bit. And we were able to put together a pretty good run uh, to finish the second quarter, and got unbelievable minutes from Emily Teal off the bench to kind of fill out that quarter. So, you know, it was it was a really fun atmosphere. It's what you hope for in a championship game. We had a great crowd come from Kentucky, and I know that was really hard and you know quick turnaround for a lot of parents and families and administrators, and so they did their best to. At- Hold their own, but uh, Smith, I just had
0: an outstanding crowd. Yeah, no, and and I heard boisterous. I heard they were a boisterous crowd. Um, listen, they had a dynamic duo in Morrison and Pek- um I, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to say it off the top of my head, and I'm not getting her right. And I apologize to her. Got it right last week when she was on the show. Um, that was a heck of a dynamic duo. They they scored like ninety percent of their points. Was it a matter of let them go at it if we can, or were you trying to limit them and they just were unlimitable until Morrison got in foul trouble?
11: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, it was it was twofold. We, you know, we knew in the zone they were going to be in the right spots to take advantage of some things, and they did an un- they did an unbelievable job. They got some great looks. Um, and then I thought, you know, we settled a little bit more in the second half, and then obviously foul trouble was a challenge, you know, and that's always part of our offensive game plan. Uh, We want to always attack some of the best players um, and really put the onus on them to have to defend. Um, And, you know, I thought, you know, it worked out in our favor in that way. We got some really good matchups and Deja did a great job continually attacking inside and and putting equal pressure on them. You know, we didn't play with Lake and Ball in the first half for that reason. Uh, They attacked her really well and that got us into some different lineups. Um, but we prepare for that. You know, we've all year had players in and out and foul trouble and those sort of things. And so, yeah, but they're, those two are just really good. We hoped we had hit a few more threes. Those always add up faster than twos. Um, and we hit a couple of those when it mattered. Um, but you can't take anything away from those two. They, they're really, really talented.
0: Yeah. They ended up, let's see, um, oh, I was on the wrong section. Um, uh, Pikunka, there we go, said it right, finished with 21 points, 14 boards. Um, Actually, I can't even find her teammate for some reason. Odd box score. I'll have to look back at it later. But, I mean, still, that's a pretty um, big one for her. I think, oh, Morrison, I think, finished with 24 points, 8. Yeah, she eight made boards.
11: a lot. <laughs> yeah, something weird
0: on the box score. She doesn't come up as Morrison, but uh, a minor detail in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, I mean, obviously they were big. She got in foul trouble. That had to have been impactful. And and it sounded from Gordon's perspective like it was Desiree kind of taking advantage of opportunities or knowing that and having a real good sense of things to maybe put her in trouble a little bit.
11: Yeah, you know, I mean, Deja's strength is I mean, she is just so fast and athletic I and mean, she can grab mm. the rim. You know, her ability to elevate and go get the basketball causes a lot of problems for defenders and and it causes a lot of problems with people trying to keep her off the, you know, offensive boards. And she's able to pick up fouls that way because she's so quick to the ball. And by the time you're releasing it, you know, it's real, it's hard to foul, you know, not foul people in the second and third shot. And uh, and that's one of, you know, obviously Deja's best strengths. But honestly, Maddie and Kennedy uh, and Sydney and Lakin, I mean, they all do a great job of going and getting the offensive boards. And I think that has been one of the ways we get to the free throw line a lot. They just put a lot of pressure on the defense in that way. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we try to attack the rim nearly every possession, you know, in between launching threes. And so there's a lot of plays inside that you have to defend cleanly. And that's hard to do play after play.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, And then you get her in foul trouble quick in the second half with two fouls within 90 seconds. And then of course she ends up fouling out on a reversed call late in the game, obviously had a lot to do with it, but. What was your team doing in general that you thought was working so well against Smith?
11: Well, you know, I thought, I mean, Maddie Kelly had a really impressive game, and we went to her several times when we, you know, found ourselves in a lull scoring. And, you know, she's able to do some different things, whether it's shooting threes or getting by her defender. Um, and then there was a big, you know, we there was a media timeout that, Uh, you know, probably wasn't my most chill moment. And, you know, we were stressing that we were taking some shots that we would prefer not to take and really wanted to attack them inside and not let them off the hook. And I thought Deja did a great job taking that to heart and got the ball, I think the next three possessions and found a way to score it. And, you know, that I thought really started putting some pressure on them to figure out you know, between Lakin and Deja, they, uh, they had a really high combined shooting percentage night. I don't know their two numbers together, but it was impressive. And so I thought, you know, they were feeling the same pressure we were on how are you going to defend inside and stop some really good offensive players. Um, and, you know, with Morrison out, we were able to get into everybody's kind of third and fourth defenders inside. And that just made it harder and harder. And, you know, with Maddie and Sydney shooting such a high percentage from the outside, I think it's probably hard to decide if you want to leave them and double uh, or kind of take your chances. So, you know, it really started with our ability to score inside and put in a lot of paint points for sure.
0: Yeah. It, um, what I found the most interesting about it was they seemed to be in, in solid control with Morrison out there and hitting shots. Now, granted, that can all change. But she gets... I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the sequence. I'm trying to actually find it because I had I wanted to double-check the score. She fouled out in the second quarter. That's why I can't find it. Um, not fouled out, but fouled with her second foul, which was which was key. And they were leading by a significant margin. I think it was... Um, actually, it looks like you may have been coming back. She got her second foul. It was 25-22, but at one point you were down by 5 uh and maybe even deeper than that before coming back and making it an interesting at second half she comes in in the third quarter and gets those quick fouls and it felt like that second quarter into third quarter sequence was what was key to the game that's what I was trying to drive at you won the second quarter by 10 and that third quarter was now smith on their heels so that sequence there seemed to be the turning point in the game even if it wasn't decided until the end
11: yeah no, I you know, absolutely. And, you know, I thought we had finally settled down starting the second quarter, um, you know, and kind of made that run back. Um, you know, and obviously when she's out, you're, you you it, it opens up the floor on both ends. You know, with any great player who's not on the court, different things happen. And so it changed what we were able to do defensively because uh, we weren't keying on that as much. And then it changed what we were really trying to attack offensively. And so, you know, I thought our players... Did a really great job of taking advantage in the moment. Um, you know, I think we both had some sitting at the at the table with about four minutes to go in the quarter, and there wasn't another stoppage of play until about thirty seconds. And so, I think we both had people sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, you know, I, I wasn't. We, it was a good run for us, so I wasn't going to call time out. And it was a credit <laughs> to the players on the court. By that point, everybody was really, really tired. And I thought our players, you know, they showed a lot of guts in that stretch and, you know, continually to try to push and push and push while everybody was, you know, also trying to stay with the pace.
0: Uh, you outscored them 36-14 uh, uh, to close out the half uh, after Morrison got him up by 5-17-12. That was the sequence I was looking for. Um, it was weird. Of course, you only played one game in Hartford. Um, all that, as we said with Gordon, all that pomp and circumstance – uh, to play one game and go home and now prepare for two weeks for a championship game. First and foremost, uh, I, I, how's the campus been? It, you made it already sound like it's a bit cray-cray.
11: Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, it's fun for the players. They, they've they worked really hard, and they have a huge uh, faculty, you know, group that supports them and staff and the students. And I think they're a team, they show up and cheer for everybody else. They were front row for volleyball during all of their, championship runs they you know they do a great job of supporting other teams um and so I think that has made them easy to cheer for as well and so you know it's it's fun um you know they're they're doing everything they can to try to you know bring you know a lot of positive experiences to this campus and you know represent the university well and uh you know it it made me proud when they talk about you know they are a gracious group and they're competitors um but they're also the first to be thankful for the opportunity and, and you know, spread the credit around because it really is a group effort.
0: No, that, that is certainly true. Nobody gets this far without it being somewhat of a group effort. You can't get there this far without individuals, but it takes the campus, it takes the athletics department. Um, I, I, I am sure your phone blew up. Uh, yeah. This is the this is the significant milestone not only for the program, for, but for the department as well.
11: Yeah, you know I. You know, Dr. Sheely, our athletic director, she's just done such an amazing job. And so, you know, I think collectively, when you watch somebody else lead and work that hard, you know, you want to be able to do your part. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of success across the board in all of our sports, and it's just really fun to cheer everybody on. Uh, You know, it would be awesome to be able to win a national championship for them and, you know, be able to get that trophy in the, you know, the trophy case and, you know, we've had lots of coaches be close. You know, Brian Lane nearly got us there in golf a couple of years ago. Uh, we've had other teams make great runs. And, you know, it would be great to get that that over the, you know, the final the final hurdle. But, um, you know, we're just lucky. Every day we get to show up and we have great colleagues and it's a great place to work. And, um, you know, I think if COVID reminded everybody of that, you know, it's we're, we're fortunate to be able to do what we do. And that was a really hard time for everybody. Um And so just trying to do the best that we can and, you know, keep it going.
0: Um, I know it's early and you've got, I don't want to say plenty of time, but more time than normal to look ahead to the title game. And Christopher Newport, your opponent, who is certainly not an unknown, but maybe a little bit unknown in how they look now versus how they normally look. What are your thoughts on the matchup?
11: You know, I remember, I don't know when it was, it was four or five years ago, I was at Ohio Northern, and it was the first time I've ever watched Christopher Newport play live. Uh, And I was like, holy cow, that (laughs) is tough to go against. Um, So that was kind of my first uh, interaction with who they were as a team and and what they do. Uh, And then obviously we got to watch some of the game before us that night, and then uh, some game film since then. To be honest, I, 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 I... I, I was really tired after the weekend, so I, I'm a little behind the eight ball right now and uh, no, catching up. Sure. To get there. Um. But you know they they just they their defense is known for a reason. You know they're going to put pressure on us the entire court. Um. You know having ten days to figure that out. Uh. You know we'll kind of come up with a plan and see how we're going to attack it and the different ways. And obviously, you know I I hate that they aren't at full strength. I just always want everybody to be able to play in the big games and sure. Um. You know, it'd be great if the other senior does get a chance to come back and play. Um, you know, it's, I just feel for any senior who doesn't get to go do that. But yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be a fun game. Um, you know, we, we'll still try to figure out how we can execute, and even if we can play in the half court, I don't even know if we're going to be able to execute in the half court. It might just be too fast and chaotic. And you know, on the flip well, side, figure out how we can maybe slow them down a little bit.
0: To that point, uh, they've apparently uh displayed something we've never seen. I would love I, I don't even know if you got a chance to react to it since you were prepping for your game, but a zone defense showed up from uh, the uh, captains. I know you're used to a zone, but maybe yeah. not seeing that from CNU.
11: Yeah, you know, I um it was one of the things one of the first things one of my assistants said is like, Hey did you see they went zone? Um <laughs>
0: Wait what? You know, but
11: I you know I appreciate anybody you know being flexible and finding a way to win and yeah, um, you know it's kind of like now every now and then one's like oh Transy played man, um, you know <laughs> we had to play it all and uh, it was really effective for them so you know teach, we'll, we'll continue to try to be prepared for all the twists that they throw out.
0: Teach your team the Captain Chaos defense or a version of it and throw that at them at the start of the game. That'd be a fun yeah. little twist. There you <laughs>
11: go.
2: Which
0: teams? Which folks?
2: Yes, exactly. Um,
0: uh, any idea of what what what? I know it's still some details are being worked out, but what lays ahead for the for the team in the next few weeks and their trip to Dallas?
11: Yeah, you know they're bringing everybody in next Wednesday, and so uh, so we, we're getting those schedules set. Still trying to work through all the details of what it looks like, you know, once the team is there. Um, and you know, I think it's made it more fun for them following along the Division One yeah. uh, tournament and, and seeing them and. Um, you know, we we took a couple days off. We're we're actually gonna, you know, we'll take off the weekend this weekend and give everybody a chance, I think, to, you know, kind of emotionally recharge too. Um, uh, you know, I think it's for everybody, you know, we're past five months now and um uh, yeah. and so, you know, they're they're physically beat up. They're, you know, they're they've spent a lot of emotional energy in the last few weeks. And so we're gonna try to recharge. Um, and then at the same time make sure we, you know, we have a really great effort in terms of what we're doing on the court.
0: Is there any significance in your mind, number one v number two, two undefeated teams going at it for the first time since I think it's twenty seventeen?
11: I mean, I think it's a it's a fun storyline. Um, you know, I, we've we've had to have a lot of conversations this year about our strength of schedule. Um, yeah, you know, and we understood that going in. We also knew we played a great schedule last year, and we were returning everybody, so that gave them, I think, plenty of the confidence that they needed sure. and to understand you know, what that was about. And and it's been a fun postseason. I mean, they released the All-American list and, you know, we played, you know, Canood from Millican, Burner from Ohio Northern and NYU. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, each game has been checking off one more opponent on the, uh, that list. And so I think it's been, our players love that kind of competition. And, uh, you know, I wish that they'd seen more of that this year because they thrive in it. And I think that, you know, that's really fun for them. Uh, and so this has been really fun. They love to play against the best and, find a way to showcase what they're able to do. And, uh, you know, and so this next game is just going to be another round of that. Uh,
0: a couple of fun questions for you quick. I, I start with the one that I know is a little uncouth. You don't ask a woman her age. You don't ask her about what she wears. But Gordon did want me to ask about the shirt you wore on Saturday. He described it as being all bats. He wants to know where in the world you got that.
11: Oh, that uh the the truth of it is last year i saw it online um and got it from england and paid the online money i didn't know if it was a scam oh and then eight weeks later it arrived uh so you know we've we've pulled it out for special occasions uh and so that's been fun um
0: will we see it in the title game
11: you know, we're debating that. We're debating okay, that. Okay. I understand.
0: Well, you, do, you got two weeks, so it's a little, more than, a little less than eight, but maybe you can order a second. I, I don't know. Yeah. Just some thoughts. Maybe pay for the yeah. rush shipping. Right. Um, exactly. exactly. Um, that's where you'll get scammed. It's the rush shipping is actually where you'll get scammed. Um, by the way, did you have to, I don't know where Brian is, but did you have to lock the door to make sure he doesn't bother you at, at all? Because he is, we already talked about him living vicariously through you.
11: Oh shoot! I can't say that to him. He's you know he's living the golf dream. He sent me yeah. pictures of uh you know the the dog on the golf course last week down in the Carolinas. So you know they're they're out there winning golf matches now and you know figuring out we host obviously the golf national championship this year and so yeah, uh, it'll be fun to watch our men compete in that and see how they can do. So the only you know, man I know who this time of year everybody's busy.
0: The only man I know who promotes his his the fact that they're hosting the championship by showing off a Las Vegas golf course. <laughs> I, I, he's, 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 crazy. Uh, by the way, he's got to put up all the signs for Dallas, right?
11: He does. I, I, yeah. I'll i make sure he's aware of that. So,
0: yep. I want to see video. Yeah. Um, I want to see him hard at work. Not hardly working. Well, I know
11: he's coming to the game, so, you know, we'll get a chance to have him there in oh. person.
0: Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Julie, congratulations. Quite an accomplishment. Uh, We had a lot of fun with Pioneers taking on Pioneers. (laughs) Now it's going to be Captains taking on Pioneers. There's just all kinds of fun we can have with this. But congratulations. I know it's a big accomplishment for the program. I know it's a big accomplishment for you and the team um, personally. Um, And so we tip our hats. Great job. Well done. And good luck in Dallas. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in?
11: Uh, You know, I mean... Dave, I always appreciate everything you do, and I appreciate you know this is this is a fun weekend. It's more fun because you know they've had great stories that you guys have written about them and the coverage, and so I, I'm grateful. And this, you know, it has been a group effort between our administration, and our assistants, and the team. You know, they deserve all the credit. They have just worked incredibly hard, and you know, I, I'm I'm proud that uh, we all get to go do this together. But you know, the, the players get the most effort. They're the ones that really have to go out and do all the work. So. We're excited to be
0: there. Well, congratulations once again. Look forward to uh, seeing how this all plays out and watching it at the American Airlines Center on CBS Sports coming up on April 1st. And it's not an April Fool's joke, Coach. You are playing in the (laughs) national title game on April 1st. Uh, Thanks again for the time. Good luck. Safe travels. We'll look forward to catching up you down the road. All right. Thanks, Dave. Julie, folks, joining us on the huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate her taking the time to do that. Great to chat with her. Uh, it be a, it's gonna be a great game. I can, I, I just know it will be, and looking forward to that one. When we come back, we'll hear from Bill Broder. Quick note, by the way, we mentioned the last time two undefeateds played each other. It wasn't one versus three. It was number one Thomas Moore versus number three George Fox in a game that has actually been vacated. Just for the record, we'll take a break when we come back. We will talk. Uh, to Bill Broderick about all of this. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues, while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media.
1: teams your players your community of fans this is where they play where they practice where you cheer at every meet every event every game
0: your community is passionate dedicated supportive you know the
10: tension of a close game and the thrill of the win so while you're cheering keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary if you see something suspicious say something to local authorities
0: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
7: Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're gonna have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start, by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be on positive influence. That's being a responsible person.
0: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue along, a little longer break there and anticipated. Sorry about that. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're live simulcasting the show in the middle of our women's basketball coverage. We'll go a little bit long here with the program, but happy to uh, bring you as many angles as we can on what has been an absolute tremendous Um, season and tournament and all of that. Julie, folks, great to chat with. Now time to talk to Bill Broderick. His team, of course, onto the national championship as well. Undefeated, number one in the country. All of that jazz as the captains got past a pesky Rhode Island college squad. Got a chance to talk to Bill earlier today about all of that. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it is Bill Broderick, the coach of the Christopher Newport captains who remain undefeated and headed to a national championship or as we've mentioned multiple multiple times on this show they will face number two Transylvania who's also undefeated sir it has not been easy let's just get that out of the way you have while being undefeated have dodged enough close calls for any team in a full season to do one You, you you this has not been an easy ride at all, sir.
12: No, it's been uh I, you know, I've told that to a few people, you know, you look and you're like, "Oh, they're 31 and 0, it's been, you know, it's been an easy ride." And I'm like I mean, if 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 people even uh, knew some of the things that are going on, I mean, the the obvious with all the injuries throughout the year, but then even you know, uh we we've had some major health scares on our staff. We've had you know i've had you know family health scares and other things we've been dealing with things that have taken us away i mean i've i have i have never missed a day of practice uh, in 30 years coaching and i've missed 4 days of practice this year um there, there there's just been so many different things that have gone on and uh and then the illness i got right before the tournament started i was in the er i mean it, it's been uh It has not been easy, but I tell you what, I won't kill you, make you stronger. And I think we're, uh, you know, it's really helping us to just to continue to fight and, you know, just really, I think, help us appreciate that we are still here and that we've still persevered through all this and really that it's, we're just embracing the journey. Um, It's really about the journey. and, And now these ladies get to, you know, we all get to go to, to Dallas and be a part of those festivities. And, you know, win or lose, I think the the memories that they're going to have uh, are just going to be unbelievable.
0: No, yeah, we'll certainly talk about that a bit more in a moment, as I know plans are still coming together and all. But let's talk about how you got there. You had a really tough Rhode Island college team, Jenna Cosgrove's group. Hey, at least and they earned their way there by beating some really good teams, Nothing you could shake a stick at, to say the least. And to be honest, you guys were down for much of that game. I'll talk about the fourth quarter later because there's some particulars about that I want to talk about. But, I mean, overall, you guys shot 28% from the floor. You barely out-rebounded them by six. This was certainly after the fourth quarter, facts, but we'll we'll get to it. Um, You were were led by Sandra Fan. no surprise there, with 18 points, uh giles got you 11 rebounds but what was going on in the first three quarters because while you won the third quarter 18-15 you were still kind of struggling to keep rhode island college behind you really they were they're were kind of in charge of this game
12: yeah they they came out and did a great job my my hat um goes off to coach cosgrove and their crew um just super super impressed with them um and i think like you said You know, while they may have been the the lesser name of the four, um, they had the toughest road to get there. I mean, they were battle tested. I mean, to beat an undefeated Scranton team at Scranton, uh, to beat a Babson team that beat them by 20 plus, to beat Chicago. I mean, Rowan, uh, you know, they they just were really, really battle tested. You know, one thing I thought about was was really kind of interesting for me was. You know, when we were sitting there and we were doing the introductions, and I I kept hearing, you know, for us, so and so is a sophomore, so and so sophomore, right? And then even Camille a Jr. Well, no, she's a junior in school, she's a freshman in basketball. This is her first year, right? So there's a freshman. Gabby San Diego Jr. No, we didn't play that year, she's also a sophomore. So we basically started three sophomores, a freshman, and then Sandra Fan. And so you know, we looked, and I think they started four seniors and a and a sophomore, I think. So we looked like a team that lost two senior starters, including an all-American. I mean, we that's what we looked like, and I think, um, you know, a lot of the credit goes to them. I think they are as good of a half court defensive team as we've faced all year. Um, they did a great job on on Sandra. I mean, she, you know, she had 18, but in the first half she, you know, really really struggled. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we we just didn't hit enough shots. I mean, to win a game and shoot 28% is unheard of. Um, you know, luckily, we we did take care of we're a very up and down free throw shooting team. I think it really depends on who shoots for us. Um, but, you know, we were, I think, like 19 for 22, like 87 yep. percent. And and we hit big ones when we needed to. So, yeah, I mean, those first three quarters were a struggle. I mean, we were down, I think, eight at the half. Uh, then we were down 12 early in the third quarter. And so, yeah, things uh, things did not look good in uh, Captain Country there for a while.
0: Uh, and then you did something I didn't think you understood. I'm going to ask you what <laughs> word I spell here for a moment. So bear with me; it's a it's a complicated uh, word. You want to listen to it? I'll, I'll spell it multiple times if you want me to. Z O N E again. That's Z O N E. What what word is that,
12: sir? uh god it has something to do with parking doesn't it i i don't know but uh in
0: some places yes um yeah in your world it's
12: it's not un- it's
0: unheard of
12: you you yeah. went to a zone we we did we did and uh i know and the the last time we went to a zone was my first year in the Sweet 16 against Montclair State when they were undefeated. And we also finished the game in a zone. Uh, um, we just, uh, I, you know, at that point, it, it was just a kind of a gut feeling that I had. Uh, I, I was kind of asking my assistants and they were all kind of looking at me like no one really wanted to, like, co-sign with me. They were like, I don't know. And... uh they're like, if you think so, coach, and uh, and I just, I don't know, I just kind of had a, just kind of had a gut feeling, and and we went zone. Um, it was pretty good because I think the the way we kind of disguised it, I think they were kind of still running man plays against it for a little while, and um, and it led to I think they started like 0 for 11 or something yeah. in that in that in that quarter. And uh, and and really the the shots that we gave up down the stretch coming out we freaking went back to man so maybe I should have just stayed in the zone but uh, yeah I think sometimes you know the ladies were saying to me like coach you know we we practice it every week now don't get me wrong that was my next question was how often
0: yeah how often we practice
12: yeah once a week (laughs) that's about it we we practice about once a week for half an hour Um, we do some different things with it and uh the ladies just kept saying like oh, i wonder if we'll ever use this and use this and so they're like coach i guess uh, i guess you know i told them, you never you never know what uh what you're gonna need there but it just um i don't know just kind of had a gut feeling a little bit and uh and luckily it luckily it worked out for us
0: yeah just to compare they shot five of 16 in the first quarter from the floor 0 for four for deep second quarter they were seven of 14 3 of 4 from deep. Third quarter, they were 5 of 11, 0 for 1 from deep. So they weren't shooting great from deep, but still pretty successful from the floor in general. Fourth quarter, 3 of eighteen, one of 8 from deep, as they obviously got a little bit desperate. And they they got to the field uh, free throw line once uh, and made that once. By the way, something they only did once in the entire first half as well. So that zone was darn um, uh, good. You said they started zero for eleven. So, considering they were zero yeah. for eleven, they finished three for the last seven. And you talked about giving up shots down the stretch. Yeah, from that, the that's man. And significant. I think, yeah, and, and the considering other thing the I think fact was that able... you barely use that, and but to some degree, you've got at least one All American who's sitting on the bench, and and you've got a team that isn't really in comfortable spots or or used to doing what they do. I guess it's one of those where a coach said to me last week, uh, at some point. You know it's your last game if you don't do something.
12: Yeah, and, you know, I think the other thing that it was able to do was um, was to keep uh, keep us from fouling as well, right? So to keep them off the free throw line because they, they are really good free throw shooters as well. So, it, you know, with going in the zone, it also was able to keep us out of the free throw, you know, keep them off the free throw line, which – um, which hurt us a little bit too, but yeah, yeah, I think, you know, desperate times take desperate measures. Right. And I think you, you know, you don't, you don't want to live, you know, you don't want to leave any, you know, any ammunition in uh, you know, in, in your stash, I guess, at that point and to try everything. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I figured we had so many people in positions that they weren't really used to being in anyway. Uh, why not put them in a different defense? And so, but uh, yeah, it just it worked out for us. So, um, you know, and, and you know, I think the the thing that's really amazing about this group that I have is, you know, there was no one that questioned anything. You know, I think it could have been really easy for them to be like, hey, coach, you know, there's not what we do and, you know, whatever. And they just immediately was like, hey, all right, that's what we want to do. Let's buy in. Um, and I think they know that if it would have went, you know, bad for us, you know, we would have switched back out of it. But, but I think at that point we were, we were down 12, um, and, and, you know, trying to chip away. So yeah, you just, sometimes you got to try some different things and, uh, you know, so maybe it'll be another, another nine years or whatever before we play zone again. I don't know. (laughs) Or, or maybe you should use it more often. I I don't know. I don't know if if you watch Transylvania shoot. I don't know if you'd say that, but
0: I was going to pivot to that next. Uh, but I want to wrap up just a little bit of of the weekend. Again, one game at Trinity. Yeah, from all accounts, you, you had a hostile crowd. Not not in the sense that uh, it was a bad thing. I just mean the sense that you know you were a road team in a neutral site. Rhode Island yeah. certainly traveled well. You've got what was that environment like? Because you, you guys are very much used to a little bit of the advantage even when you're on the road.
12: Yeah, I was uh and I know that, you know, first I I'd heard Smith was bringing uh five bus loads. So I was like, <laughs> "Okay, wow, that's a lot." I'm like, "But and then I, you know, I'd asked coach uh Cosgrove during the the banquet and, you know, ask her if uh if they were bringing five bus loads cuz I told her we were bringing five car loads and we were going to be full and uh she said, I don't know if we'll have five bus loads. She said, but we'll we'll have a pretty good crowd. And uh and they definitely had probably three-fourths of the place full. Uh there was a lot of maroon and gold. Um, and I think they definitely fed off of that. And just a great environment like it was at Tufts. I mean, we we play on the road so much that uh we just embrace it. I, I love it. I love the atmosphere. Um, I think, I think it can help you even as a visitor if you play into the crowd and you embrace it, so you just pull that energy from it and, that, and that's what we've, that's what we've done all year, so, uh, yeah, great crowd and, uh, you know, we were, I think our fans, we had a great contingency, I mean, I was really happy with, with everyone that showed up, but, you know, obviously we were seven hour drive or whatever, so, Definitely tougher for our, uh, our fans to get there. Certainly and a little bit closer than them, the men's. Well, and a lot of them also were in Fort Wayne because there was some things going on over there as well. So uh, yeah, they were kind of split a little bit.
0: Just a few. Hey, um, let's pivot to Transylvania. You're a team that averages 84-plus, gives up 51.5. You're looking at a team that scores 74, so 10 points less. But geez, they've only given up less than 47.5 points per game, so they're an even... Stingier defense. I know it's really early. You guys are just starting the process to get ready for something that's happening in just under two weeks. But what do you know so far? What did you see this weekend, et cetera, that you're considering, understanding, prepping for, et cetera?
12: Yeah, you know, I've I've seen them on film a little bit, um, but prior to that, maybe just watching some, some NCAA games. But being that they're, you know, pretty far away and out of the region, we don't usually match up with them at all. Or, um, But getting a chance to see them in person, uh, both them and Smith, I, I was really, really impressed with both of them. Um, you know, I, I think if the Morrison kid doesn't get her fourth foul super early in the third quarter, you know that's maybe a little bit of a different game um she was she was outstanding and and really only almost unguardable um but you know coach folks does an amazing job i think like us they they do something very different uh she seems to be a disciple of the, the jim Bayheim system if you will and uh you know they they run that that 2 3 zone and they they live by it and they can stretch it and do different things with it um so you're you're going up against something that you almost never see um they are talented 1 through 5 with a deep bench they've got an all-american point guard shooters post i mean they are they are the complete package uh they they were my pick i took us out of it and i i had transylvania over um over Scranton in the final was my pick um and I and I think last year they they really really got a bad seed when they had to play uh Trinity in the elite 8 I, I thought that was a terrible seed and they should have been one of the other teams and been in the final 4 um to me they were probably the third best team in the country last year uh and I I think they're I think they're the best team in the country this year so we we know we're going to have our hands full um I, I I'm sure thank God they don't bet in Vegas, but I'm sure we're a pretty heavy, uh heavy underdog without without our All American and our other senior starter. But um, you know, we're we're just gonna embrace it. We're gonna go out, we're gonna give it everything that we've got. Um and I've told you this last time. You know, they're they my ride or die. This this team has been unbelievable and uh I'm gonna push all my chips in and, and put it on Royal Blue no matter um, you know how much of an underdog we might be uh, next weekend.
0: Well, it's interesting. They've got four double-figure scorers who've played every game, plus they go deep on the bench. And as you said, they've got some twists and turns as well. Again, realizing it's early in the process. We haven't gotten all the details. I know you haven't. all. This is an interesting stage, though. You've got two weeks to prep for this, just about. Uh, I know there will be some elements that will take some time away from it, especially – once we get closer to it, it's you'll have some extra time to be traveling out and taking you know in everything out there. So really, you have less than two weeks, but still a lot of time to get ready for a team. How are you planning to manage uh, the the time between now and the title game?
12: Yeah, you know that's been kind of the main question that a lot of people have asked, and and a lot of people I think have actually kind of come at it come at it the wrong way. To be honest with you, a lot of people have almost been like, oh, you know, so sorry you got to wait so long and. You know, um, you know things like that, and I and I think for me, it's uh, you know I think we would look at it the other way of you know whatever time we've got to wait, um, you know is bar, by far outweighed by the experience that these young ladies are going to get in Dallas, um, and and just listening to Kelly Whitaker and Megan and and everyone and everything that they've done, we're, we're just so appreciative. I think this is going to be an experience. Um, That our ladies will remember for the rest of their life. And so, you know, right now with us, uh, you know, being down two people playing 20 plus minutes, you know, we we had to play a lot of minutes this weekend. I mean, uh, you know, and and so I think we would have had even a tougher time if we had to play Transylvania the next day or even a day later. Sure. So, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, I know the chips are stacked against us pretty heavily uh, in two weeks, but I think we have a better shot, though, at least with some rested legs. So we'll we'll take some time here, um, game off a few days. I think, you know, one thing that's good about it is usually in this stretch, They missed so much school in a row. So this kind of breaks it up a little bit. So they're able to go to every class this week. Um, We've given them some days off. We'll practice Wednesday. Um, We'll take off Thursday. We'll go Friday early morning. And then I'm actually going to give them the weekend off. Uh, Let them have Saturday and Sunday to to go see family or friends or school and and just try to re-energize a little bit. Uh, Same thing for our coaches. And, um, and then we'll, and then we'll hit it hard on, on Monday. We'll go Monday, Tuesday full. Then Wednesday will be a travel day. And then, like you said, it's, you only get a few little practices here and there, but you know, really at, at this point, I mean, we are who we are, if anything, the extra time helps because, you know, we're having to acclimate all these people into positions that they've never been in. Um, you know, we've, we've got a wing that's now playing some pose. She's never played the pose. So you know, we're we're. It helps us with trying to you know make some of those changes, but um, but really it's just about you know watching Transylvania and seeing what they do. Which I mean, I think everybody knows what they do, and and just seeing if we can execute well enough and and uh, hit enough shots and 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 try to slow slow down that juggernaut enough to to steal another one. So I think a lot of people might have thought we would be out after uh at the Elizabethtown game <laughs> once Anaya went down. And uh yeah. so the fact that we've won four more and we're in the national championship with kind of a shell of ourselves. I mean I I, I couldn't be more proud of a group of, of young ladies that have persevered through uh just unbelievable um you know times right now.
0: Quickly can you give us a sense of what you guys know you'll be experiencing in Dallas? <laughs>
12: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, they're they're going to have a lot of the same things that the uh, D1 Final Four teams are going to have. There's going to be uh, some media days and some photo shoots. Um, the NCAA is going to be providing uh, all four of us, right, us, Transylvania and the two Division II um, finalists. Uh, we're all going to have our own uh, suites in American Airlines to watch the uh, D1 semis and the finals. Um, so I think it's just going to be an unbelievable experience for the young ladies. Um, I may, uh, I may try to call in a few favors from my D1 days, uh, depending on who ends up at the, uh, final four to, <laughs> to have them come and, and just get a chance to, you know, for the, for the ladies to, uh, you know, to meet some of their idols and some of the people that they've followed. But, um, but, but what an experience, I mean, what a unbelievable celebratory Event uh, for women's basketball in 50 years of Title Nine, and to just be a part of that, uh, just really, really feel blessed and and very thankful and and very thankful to the uh, NCAA and WBCA for giving us this opportunity.
0: Obviously, uh, the men have won a title. I don't know if you got that memo while you were in Trinity or got back to campus, but John Krikorian and the men did. Did win the national title and and Bill, I've, I'm sorry to say that no matter what you do in Dallas, John still got it before you did. I mean, this is that's gotta be a bitter. It's gotta be a bitter pill, sir. Gotta be bitter.
12: You know, I would. I I hear what you're saying, and I did. Uh, I did read in the paper earlier this morning that they won. Um, <laughs> but you know, we talked about it. No matter what we do. You know, women's soccer sitting over there with their trophies, softball sitting with their trophies. So, you know, now it's like not really a big deal. But, um, uh, you know, someone was asking me earlier is, you know, how much did that motivate and were you following and all that? And, you know, unfortunately, we were both kind of on that journey at the same time. So. You know, we had practices and you know media and all these other things that I mean, I didn't get a chance to see a single minute of either of their games, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, we didn't know until after we were done. Uh, someone told us that that the men won, so we're we're super happy for Coach Corian and his group. And you know, like we talked uh, last week, you know, so many of our players hang out and are close, and so they're just. They're genuinely happy. Um, They obviously would love to to equal that as well. Um, So we're going to we're going to do and give everything that we can. But uh, couldn't be more happy, uh, happy for their program Uh, and and just the the university as well. Um, You know, Interim President Thompson has done an unbelievable job uh, leaning the university. um, this year and, uh, also, uh, Dr. Colvin and, and those guys. So we've just had, we've just had so much support from our administration. Uh, our SWA, Carrie Gardner has been, uh, just in our corner the entire time. And obviously Kyle McMullen, uh, Rob Silsby, who's been our administrator on the trip. Uh, I told Kyle, I said, Hey, you're welcome to come buddy. But, uh, you, If you switch this thing up, I say, you got to go explain to 17 young ladies why all of a sudden, you know, we're not doing the same thing. So I, I don't want to be in the room then when that happens. So, you know, no offense to uh, Coach Arvell in baseball, but, uh, you know, Rob Sillsby still got two more weeks of, uh, yep. of magic to sprinkle on this yep. thing. No, I, I just told him if he, cannot, uh, if he cannot wait to the fourth quarter uh, next game, that would be really appreciative, but uh, – <laughs> Well, well, we'll do the best we can with, uh, with what we got. Two, two
0: other quick notes. Uh, it should be noted, and I've mentioned this to others, and, and maybe others have heard me say this. Uh, I have called the last two Christopher Newport championships, and the softball one, I was in town.
12: Wow, I was okay. just over so at that another counts. championship. I can assist.
0: I, I'm just saying, if you can convince some others that I need to be in Dallas that weekend, I'm going to tell you it's, hard, it's a hard convince, but, you know, I'm available, but it is, it is going to come at a price.
12: I would love that, but I'm 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 still just getting done convincing them that we're allowed in Dallas. So <laughs> I, I've I've used all of uh, I've used all of our goodwill at this point. You're gonna yeah. uh, you have to sneak your way in somehow, buddy.
0: No, uh, hey, listen, that's up to you guys. Whether you need you need this sprinkle of good luck or not. By the way, of course, uh, if you win, uh, the one thing you'll have on John is, well. He may have done it first. You did it undefeated, and so that will certainly. Be a significant mark. Uh, one last thing, speaking of co- uh, price, you were very kind last time we had you on to say that you would cover if we didn't hit the 10,000. You are very lucky in the meantime that that number was achieved. And John Krikorian uh, made a point to mention uh, he'd like to know how you plan now to respond.
12: Well, um, he should know. I did see him this morning for the first time in a while. I was able to uh, wrangle up a CNU jersey. Oh, there you uh, go. Compliments of, of Lou Siri, our equipment manager. Uh, I did give it to the national championship coach. So, uh, but that is, I, I at least kind of get a hockey assist for it. Yep. Um, so that that will be coming your way. I'm not sure where we're going to put it, but hopefully in sight somewhere. I'll, we'll find um, a home for it. So that's uh, that's about all the that uh, that that's about all I got right now.
0: All right. Well, well, we'll we'll remind you later. But that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. It will find a home. I promise you. The door is slightly ajar, but we've noticed <laughs> that we've usually put the teams right about here. Uh, the the puppy's coming and going this today while we're talking to you, so we no, can't control it. Yeah. But we'll find a home there or somewhere else. Or like I said, in the future, we're going to change the camera angle up anyway to see more. You can actually see more. From your camera angle, folks, he's got a different camera angle. He can he can see other jerseys gotcha. on the wall.
12: Yeah. I'm, always Im-, hey, I'm always impressed by the regalia there. It's pretty Yeah,
0: impressive. no, we, we have some good friends of the program, to say the least. Hey, we've talked to you enough. It's been a long chat, but I appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, good, good luck. Uh, we won't get a chance to really speak with you until after the game, but enjoy the experience. I know in 2016, I thought it was an amazing experience in Indianapolis um, for the teams that got there, Tufts and, and Thomas More And, Um, I can't wish you more than uh, that, than enjoy the heck out of it. And uh, you'll love it. And more than importantly, good luck in the game as always, though. We give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in?
12: Yeah, I just keep it quick for you this time. But uh, thanks, Dave, for everything. Appreciate it. Uh, And really a special thanks going out to uh, everybody at Trinity College in Connecticut for everything that they did uh, this past weekend. Um, you know, Megan Wilson, Kelly Whitaker, the entire committee, uh, everything was first class, super professional, and uh we're we're just really glad to um be a part and and to represent uh Division 3 uh in the championships in Dallas next weekend.
0: Wonderful, Bill. Well, good luck. Safe travels. Look forward to watching it for sure. And uh we'll talk to you sometime soon.
12: Great. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's Bill Broderick joining us on the huddle, Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate Bill once again joining us on the show. Great to have him and appreciate his insight. Thanks to Julie Folks for being on the show. Thanks to John Gregorian and Ty Henderson for being on the program. And, of course, Pat Coleman and Gordon Mann for joining us earlier today as well. Thanks to the sports information directors as well. Casey, uh, Cassie, I should say, at Transylvania, uh, Rob and Francis uh, at for Newport. So there you go. There's our show for wrapping up a championship and a championship berth here. A little bit different this year. Uh, just so you know, we do not have any shows planned just due to logistics between now and when a champion will be crowned. Um, we will, um, we just don't, <laughs> we don't have the ability. I am traveling on, well, I'm busy. This is a Tuesday. I'm traveling Wednesday back to Maine uh, for the memorial of my father then I'm traveling back with the family, of course. And next week is to start, the following week, start of Major League Baseball season. So busy with meetings and responsibilities there. And then the National Championship will take place there. It looks like I'll be traveling that week as well, but just not, unfortunately, to Dallas, I believe. And I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. I know Riley Zayas will be there. I believe Gordon Mann will be joining him. But I forgot to ask Gordon that. But I'm pretty sure Gordon's going to be in Dallas. I would love to be like I was in 2016, just not going to work out this time around. Um, And then after that, we will do a show with the champions, and then we've got some other things planned. We've got uh, some other segment ideas set up. So we might have at least two more shows, one at least video like we traditionally do shortly after the championship to, to talk to the winners and some other things. And then we may do probably what would be an audio podcast that we've got planned as well. Um... And so on and so forth. Uh, Then into the offseason, whether we're able to get into podcasts or do anything like that is up in the air right now. I have hopes and dreams and plans to do some more. Um, Just haven't figured out if we can or how we'll do them just yet. We also got some ideas of some other things. We're going to spend the offseason pivoting the show a little bit into our 21st season uh, and figuring out how we can move forward with the show and how to to improve it. Thanks in part to your uh, fundraising efforts and donations. Once again, you can... Donate to Venmo whenever you want um, or to Quick Butter or Give Butter. But um, also looking to bring in more uh, fundra- uh, uh, financing in other ways and evolve the show maybe into something bigger if we can. Um, and we have some other ideas out there too. So that's why we're going to spend a lot of our offseason while not working, we should point out. And as I joke, this is technically the offseason coming up, and I work for Major League Baseball and some other jobs because you're looking for some more work. But uh, when I'm done with that season, I always feel like basketball season's the offseason of that. So go figure. Um, by the way, quick note, Jostin's Trophy finalists uh, were announced. We kind of glazed over that and lost track of it. I want to congratulate um, on the men's side uh, from Keystone, Jack Anderson, from Claremont Mud Scripps, Josh Engel, from Carrollton, Jeremy Beckler, from Wheaton uh, Tyler Cruickshank from LaSalle, uh, E.J. Day from Roanoke, Casey Draper from Keene State, Jeffrey Hunter from Mary Hunter and Baylor, Josiah Harden, Josiah Harden, Josiah Johnson, sorry, from Harden-Simmons, Stephen Quinn, and from co-Kale uh, Schmidt. And on the women's side from Penn State Harrisburg, Kendis Butler from Anderson, Lexi Dellinger from Milliken, Elsie uh, Knutson uh, from Allegheny, Emily Lar, from Keene, Shannon McCoy from Case Western Reserve, Isabella Mills. From UW-Eau Claire, Jesse Rudin. From Clark Summit, Elizabeth Singleton and Calvin Gabrielle Timmer. And Rochester, Katie Titus. Uh, the deadline for the ballot is in. We will be knowing the winners, I think, in the next week. I don't remember the exact timing on that but we should be knowing the winners soon. We will try and get them on a future show as well. We have been hit or miss on our success with that, but we will certainly work to maybe have them as part of our uh, championship finale show coming up in, uh, what, two weeks' time. Uh, So we'll hopefully talk to the Jostens winners, Uh, but congratulations to all those who are nominated. A couple sophomores in that group and a couple of second-time nominees, which is always impressive. Uh, Coaching Carousel continues to turn Um, some interesting openings out there, including in Division I, former Division III coach Susie Barkham Barkham out at Seattle U. Not sure if we remember. I don't think we mentioned this. I think it took place after our last show. Um, At Salisbury, Kelly Basco has stepped down on the women's side. And some other openings as well on the men's side. Of course, everybody's talking about the great uh, run of of, of fairly Dickinson University FDU with the upset like uh, happened for Mary uh, for uh, Maryland Baylor for Maryland Baltimore County UMBC sixteen over a one. Of course, Tobin Anderson, the head coach there, he coached at Clarkson, he coached at Hamilton in Division Three before moving on to Division Two and then on to Division One. He today, as of this show, has become the new head coach at Iona because Rick Patino has become the new head coach of D1 St. John's. Uh, hats off to Tobin Anderson, who, while I was late that night going through my Twitter feed, I went to follow Tobin from the Hoopsville account and found uh, he had been following us all this time. Either we had missed that or it had snuck past us. Uh, but congratulations to him. Jason Leon had a great tribute to him on his Facebook account, um, to the two of them. Of course, Jason was a, an assistant of his at Clarkson um, the Oswego you know, coach now who obviously pulled off a big upset in the tournament so lots of coaching changes though also at the Division three level I think it's going to be fascinating to follow that this offseason. We'll try and keep up with the carousel at d3hoops.com where you can always get more information whether it's uh, stories on uh, the games this past weekend Riley Zayas and 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 um, uh sorry <laughs> Uh, Ryan Scott. That's who I'm trying to think of. Riley Zayas and Ryan Scott did some great work. Gordon Mann has done some great work to read. And we got some more stories coming up uh, as we head towards the championship on the women's side. As Gordon mentioned, the women's uh, All-America team will come out next week. Uh, we know we, uh, some others have already come out, but, you know, we got a couple, bit of time, so Gordon's going to take that time and put together the All-American list. Hats off on the men's side to that All-America team. Very... Uh, impressive list, very difficult to say the least, Um, and I I don't think that might have been the toughest one we've done uh, in quite some time, um, to say the least. But congratulations to the All-Americans, to our Player of the Year, Alex Sobel at Middlebury, who apparently is in the transfer portal to continue playing another year if possible. Rookie of the year is Jalen Overway at Calvin. Though man, there were a bunch of good rookies this year that were certainly in the mix for that. Coach of the year, Sean Smith at North Park, what he was able to do with that program to uh, get them into the tournament and into the second weekend. Impressive, to say the least. Uh, Our first team was uh, Tyson Cruickshank at Wheaton, Raheem Anthony of St. Mary's, Christian Parker at Mount Union, Miles Mallory at Randolph-Macon, and Alex Sobel at Middlebury. You can find that at d3hoops.com if you did not see the five-team All-America list, of course, with the All-Region honorees as well. And with that, we're going to wrap up today's show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Once again, thanks to John Kricorian, Ty Henderson, and Bill Broderick from Christopher Newport. And thank you to Julie Folk's and uh, from Transylvania and Gordon Mann and Pat Coleman from D3Hoops.com for joining us. Really appreciate the time. Uh, we had number two versus number three, Christopher Newport versus Mount Union for the national title on the men's side. Ended up being one of the best games, probably in Division Three men's basketball history, uh, and probably one of the best championship weekends in Division Three men's basketball history. By the way, a pretty good NABC All-Star game, too. A little bit more defense uh, than we're used to. Hats off to the NABC guys for pulling that together. On the women's side, it's going to be number one versus number two. Christopher Newport versus Transylvania for the national title at the American Airlines Center in Dallas on April 1st, noon tip. I am not sure who the broadcasters are for CBS Sports, but we will certainly try and get to those. When we get uh, get that information, we'll try and share it with you. Uh, We shared the video earlier today. I feel like we're going to show it. Might as well show it again. We're going to show the sequence here of the final calls of the championship, both from CBS and from ourselves, Pat Coleman and, D, and myself at d3hoops.com, into the finale video that once again was put together by those at Manchester, um, Bridget Nash, Alina Reed, Sidney Sexton, and Tristan Brona, Uh These are the ones who put it together, along with those who shot videos at the respective institutions along the way. So enjoy this once again. It's a championship call for Christopher Newport's win over Mount Union into a great highlight re- year that remembers the season that was, but primarily the tournament, that was bonkers. You've been listening to Hoops, so presented by D3Hoops.com. For the WBCA and ABC Studios, I want to thank our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, along with Sport Tours International for their help with our program. If you want to bolster your resume in terms of getting in at large or get a better position in the NC tournament, want to increase that SOS or get better results, versus regionally-ranked opponents, one of the places you can do it is the D3Hoops.com Classic. And to do it at the D3Hoops.com hoops D3 Classic in Las Vegas is to connect with us in Sport Tours International. We'll get you in touch with those like Googling Brett Seymour to get you lined up, even possibly for this upcoming season's tournament and, of course, future ones as well. Thanks to all of you who've donated to the show as well and for your support of our program. Sit back and enjoy the highlights of how this season ended on the men's side, and we look forward to celebrating how it ended on the women's side in a couple of weeks.
1: No hesitation at all there. None. Captains do have a timeout. Will they use it? Barber with one second. Step through. Layoff. Oh! Goal oh! Goal. It goes! With the b 3 title. One possession for a national championship here. Gurley will bring it up. Guarded by John Hines, crosses it up, attacks Barber, heads off the Parker, it's the layup. Tie ball game 4.3 left. Brody to Barber to midcourt, two seconds, attacks the rim, throws it off, clouts, he hit it, it counts! National Championship! Captains, Christopher Newport
2: on a hell Mary layout! Used to pray for a moment just like this, there's a fire in your eyes that can't resist. Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this, baby, we're gonna wanna remember this. I could taste it forever on your lips There's a lifetime living inside that kiss Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Baby, we're gonna wanna remember
1: this Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 2023 NCAA Selection Show for Division III Men's Basketball. This is the best time of year at college, Hoops, and we think the depth and quality of this year's field is especially strong. Who's in and who's out? We're about to find out.
2: There's a fire in your eyes, that can't resist Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this I can taste it forever on your lips There's a lifetime living inside that kiss Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this Baby, we're gonna wanna remember this I faster Every second I'm with you I didn't know what I was after Until I found it all in you This I know If tonight is all we got Don't let Just one more dance Two more drinks It'll go by fast So don't you blink Used to pray for a moment Just like this There's a fire in your eyes I can't resist Baby, we're gonna wanna just like this There's a fire in your eyes that came in for Baby, we ain't gonna wanna remember me You know it's true